0: Not much, man. Just been um, chilling at the house, doing a couple beat breakdown videos, making, uh, watching some AAA, uh, Luzi oh, yeah. Libre. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Also, I, yeah. also uh, <laughs> doing these commentary videos over the Fire Pro Wrestling, which are absolutely hilarious. Y'all need to watch Abaddon versus The Fiend. Okay. Uh, it's up on my other YouTube channel. Uh, I'll get James the link pop it in there. Uh we're talking about everything that is Heligados
2: Blue Town, Blue Town, Blue Town. Yeah. So um I well, just give you guys a heads up, uh, or just let you guys know, we actually have a uh, a special guest with us for this special edition of AW um uh, Dynamite from this week. We have with us the Doc Chad Matthews. What's going on, Chad?
1: Not a whole lot, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. I will say in advance, I don't know that I have any interest in watching Abaddon versus the Fiend. But, you know.
2: That's exactly that I was going to ask you. Like, is there any type of medium of entertainment where you actually want to watch the Fiend versus Abaddon, virtual or in reality? Because I, it ain't, it ain't for me. But maybe, maybe Rich's commentary will save it.
1: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll happily listen to Rich's commentary about most anything. <laughs> But I, that's going to be maybe where I draw the line in the sand. I can't think of a medium. Maybe a 30-second clip on fast forward so that it only takes me five seconds to get the whole thing. <laughs> not not that high on, on Abaddon. Speaking of watching so, so,
0: so it's a whole series. It's like goofy fire pro matches. We're doing intergender. We're doing all these weird gimmicks facing off. We're yeah. doing big people versus small people. Everything.
2: Yeah. Like Sweet. one ma- like one match for example from Rich Rich told me was um who was it it was it was Abaddon versus Fiend is one uh I suggested that they that, that he do Roddy Strong versus uh Freak Kazarian in a in a can't go back match because they both wrestle like they can't go back to whatever their prior environment was like they <laughs> like, like they like they wrestle, like they wrestle like the dudes like uh that you see in the nba that like have those two-way contracts those 13 those 14-day contracts they're just out there grinding um but yeah let's uh let's get, let's get into it i guess Um uh, <laughs> aw dynamite let's get into it, yes. winter is coming mm-hmm. um, chad what were your thoughts initially
1: going in or after the show
2: um let's well let's go both let's do both let's do let's do going anticipation and then the um where you were left after the show ended
1: Huge amount of hype going into the show, primarily for the main event. I mean, that's a match that every time I would, for instance, have a Facebook chat with Rich throughout the year 2020 about what the upcoming main event of the next pay per view would be. In- inevitably, Omega versus Moxley would come up again. As yeah, this is this it's, is it time to do that yet? Is it is is it time to do that yet? And. When we finally got to the point where it's time to do it, I mean, hype couldn't be any stronger, both of them in their own way, organically building up to this awesome point in history where AEW is ready for this rematch. So I I don't know that I could say... Someone posted in the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group a question, was this the biggest TV match in a a long time? And I, I felt like it was. It was certainly the biggest TV match for me in a long time. At the end of the day, there is so much I want to work out about how I felt about this show. But I would say overall as a show, I thought it was a, it was a, an, obviously a very eventful episode of Dynamite. As a match that I was looking forward to for so long, I, I got to say I was underwhelmed by the match itself. It was still good, but you get 28 minutes in the main event with that kind of hype behind it after all this time I I mean I definitely when I signed up to be on this show earlier in the week before Dynamite aired I was not expecting to feel like I'm going to be the buzzkill, and I'm going to try really hard not to be but I just I I just I wasn't overwhelmingly positive coming out of it Um, but that said last couple of days reading some of the glowing reviews of it looking at where it can go nothing's really going to change my viewpoint on the match, which we'll get to later. But overall, I feel, I feel very intrigued by what comes next, but I will say they've got some work to do to get me fully on board.
2: Yeah, I don't, I mean, me and Rich have talked, um, offer like we always do. And, you know, I don't think either one of us thinks this is some super special match. that We're going to go back and watch like five years from now or anything like that. Um, outside of maybe the angle, um, at the end, but, yeah, um, as far as a match, it's a it's a really good match, but you know it's it, it is a disappointment compared to their previous match and even the match that we thought we were going to get before it turned into a lights out match last year at Fall at um, Full Gear two thousand nineteen. So. um... Rich, wh- Rich, what are your uh, general thoughts on it? I mean, I don't know if I'm putting words to your mouth or if you, you know, you've changed how you kind of feel. Uh, cause it's, it's been a lot to see like the overwhelming praise. And I'm kind of like, no, nah, I'm not there with you, but like, I tend to have been on that, <laughs> that camp like recently, I guess, for all wrestling. The G1 has ruined me. So, Rich, what was your thoughts on that? Or or, um. you know.
0: Yeah, uh, I I went nuts. Obviously, Uh, K. Omega finally wins the AEW title. Uh, I was on All Things Elite where I just took several victory laps. I'll try to tone it down a little today, but uh, check that show out if if you want, you know, just just ludicrous noise, essentially. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm not under the impression that this was any type of match of the year or anything. But um, as I described in a couple other places, I thought it was probably like a four, four and a quarter. Uh, type match and coupled with the angle at the end the possibility of like you know a a partnership between two promotions um don callis coming back in to be associated with kenny omega is like incredible it's like everything that surrounded it with the match like i'll take that any day before the standard just yo great five-star match like that could have happened whatever and and nothing or whatever and just a simple title change but like with this angle and the excitement that was around it uh this was a slam dunk for me this was like um we always want them to do exciting things and they excited the hell out of the people like the last uh like during those four v triggers when the whole arena's chanting kenny is like they didn't even see the microphone shot like it was it was incredible like um I I wasn't thrilled with the with the 15 minutes like um session like as the in the front of the match where they were just doing the the garbage brawling around the ring and then when they got in the ring I thought those guys held it up as you know as we expect to of course you know they want to do the angle and I for me it's worth it when all the cool things come out of it uh, rather than you know, you know just yeah super match
2: Okay I, I, I get that Um for me I'm I'm am here with you I think it's like a four star four and a quarter thing Um I think that if I watch this if I get a copy of this match and watch it without the um the commercial breaks I watch the the foreign version of it um I think the match is as much well, is as much loved as like other people love it uh because you go into... They come back from the last commercial break, and the crowd is, like, so much hotter. Um, so it makes you wonder. And I don't watch picture-in-picture. Picture, I just, like, look at my phone. So I wonder what was done uh, that made them get to that point. And I got to say, like, the closing stretch was fantastic until they started the fuckery. Um, and, like, I just got to, you know, I just... I detest those finishes where it's like, oh, people have, you know, killed themselves for... 10, 15, 15, 20, 25 minutes, and then some asshole gets involved in a match. Like, I fucking hate that. So, um, as me, like, as far as the, the team or the impact, um, expansion, I'm, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. Like, I, I often watch Dynamite and feel like so many of the, the people that are on the roster like have nothing to do because there's so so there's so much talent, and like now we're doing this that's gonna bring more people. Like, and it makes you wonder. Like, okay, I saw Jungle but, Like, I felt like one time this month, and you know there was a stretch where we didn't get much Lucha Bros. Like, Brody's been off TV forever. Archer just came back after having a hiatus. Um, so it's like every there's like a time where people get their spot. So it's like now there's even less time for these people that already seem like they're on some type of, um, um, uh, rotation. So, uh, so for me, it's like, I'd rather just have the guys they already have, as opposed to worrying about, you know, whoever to bring, whether it's Chris Bay or, mach, uh, mach, um, um, machine guns or, or maybe it was the E-hi even, or, but whatever. Um, as far as what they did to get to it, like I get, understand it. I feel like they even told a story in the match of, um, them fighting on the chairs and then omega just doesn't want to deal with that anymore he takes it easy way out and V triggers him out the, out the chair so it was like that dude ain't about trying to wrestle Like that's why he took the shortcut to win the match at the end because that's that's where he is. Like the hill turn is complete. We've known he's been a hill for like a month or two now, but there's no doubt anymore.
0: Brilliantly, like so, like you think about like how he walked out at all out. You think about him walking out on the Bucks at all out. Like hey, make your decision. And then he's coming back in that weird house with a picture of Don Callis there. He's in the parking lot headed to an airplane, like uh, with a phone call going on callous showing up casually to do commentary before like oh okay this is a this is a nice little thing you know oh wink wink nudge remember when he used to call Kenny's matches oh no there's fuckery afoot like so right. like I'm all the way with it like this is yeah
2: so yeah. like for me compared to the standard like let's say evil match where it's like oh here comes the here comes the fucking wire and <laughs> Dick Togo is like there was more thought <laughs> put behind it so it's like normally in a match like this it has no like fourth thought of like this, there's layers to it and you're, you're actually going to see what uncovers on the end of it like I normally was like yeah I'll just give it a flat four but like I was at a four and a quarter and I'm not going to just deduct it at the end because it was well done Um, so that's that's where I am on it but like I see people at you know over the moon for the <laughs> <laughs> for the for the the uh the partnership of Impact, and I'm like, I mean, it helps the women's division, but I don't really give a fuck about anything else that they have to offer out of Impact. So I don't know. Like maybe even Young should have did this with Callis.
1: I would say that for me, the match part is separate from the angle mm-hmm. that leads into what's next. It's like this. for me, the first thing I had to get over was okay, this was not the all time classic match. Right. I was. Expecting it to be. I wouldn't right. even go four stars on it. I'd say it's mm. a max three and three quarters. I think that it just didn't seem like those guys were super in sync. You know, I was thinking going into today, I was like, what match compares to this historically to me? Something I had a ton of hype for that on the night of it just kind of fell a little flat. Like it had moments where you're like, okay, they're getting it going. Like to me, that moment in this match was when they brought those chairs in the ring and they're sitting there and they're starting to slap each other, leading mm-hmm. to Kenny doing the V trigger yep. to, to mocks on the chair. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is gonna these next fifteen minutes are gonna be freaking fantastic. Uh the match that comes to mind to me is AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania 34. It's like that match I was thinking it's gonna be one thing. It turns into something else. So the first thing I have to reconcile when trying to properly judge the match is all right, my expectations were obviously too high. Mm-hmm. Because what they were going for and what they and what I thought they were going to go for, just weren't on the same page. So then you start to separate that from, all right, there's the, there's the angle and, and what the angle means. And to me, that's that's like a separate conversation. The execution of the finish, I personally did not like. I thought that was one of the one of the other parts of the match part that I had to reconcile. Is you know, name a time in pro wrestling history when someone who's not involved in the match that you weren't expecting to be involved in the match comes down and grabs a microphone and starts talking, and that has actually benefited a match quality situation (laughs) ever in the history of professional wrestling. Not ever, never. I mean, so it's like if you're putting it down like in a WrestleMania era breakdown of match quality, it's like all right, build five execution, eh, four down to the climax. Climax is like a two to me, and it's like all right, not you know when when Kenny gets back in the ring and starts wailing on him again i'm back into it but that whole thing from him jumping off the top rope down to where the heater is to doing the 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 the, the paradigm shift quote unquote because they didn't go anywhere close to the actual heater it didn't look like to me and then oh my god he's it's it's going to be over and then here comes callus and then here comes the microphone and then here comes the, the whole shenanigans, and, and I'm right. with you, the fuckery, as you call it, James. Once we got to that, <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, okay, all right. And so I personally, that's, that's where it's like, all right, after that, you draw the line and start talking about impact. And I don't know how we're going to, you know, how the format's going to run today. So I want to save my thoughts on that for when we get deeper into this. But okay. that was the first thing in the days following. I had to really think about, like, damn, I guess my, you know, that's the shitty thing about expectations, is right. expectations really versus reality it just it turns into a, a very interesting self-conversation of all right this is what i thought versus this is what it is and then reconciling okay i gotta judge it based on what it is and not what i thought it would be
0: i just want to know why the deathmatch match man why why mr Bar wire you know couldn't take a little microphone shot to the head like like what that that that's it that that puts you away that staggered you okay <laughs>
2: But <laughs> well, wait, no, nah, that didn't be, he um hit him with the one wing angel after that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, but and a bunch shan- of V triggers. Shan-
2: yeah. 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 Nah, if you want to talk about the like the thing is like, okay, I haven't seen Kenny Omega like have such a bad botch like the what they were going for into the like off the top rope leading into the what was spo- those fake uh heaters. Like I haven't I don't maybe when he knocked out uh Evil with the, uh, with a V trigger in uh, the G one was that 2018 or 17? 17. Yeah, that's the last time I remember having a bunch of like, wait, what? So yeah, like because you can see it. He's like, he's fault. He's meant to go get he's pushed. Supposed get pushed off. He's supposed to get pushed off. He lost his footing and he had to slide down. They audible to the 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 uh her, the uh, power bomb thing. But yeah, like it's just um you know compare that to for example the um the match with Hangman um, at full gear and it's like nah nah these are not the same level of match um, so yeah I definitely get and you were, that's what you were expecting um, absolutely so, so yeah like I get the I get the I definitely get disappointment and as a person like that was my most anticipated match of um, it was an af- actual match not none of this you know barbed wire dark match it doesn't fucking count on anyone's record and they're running through glass or they're crawling through glass and they're going through barbed wire webs and so yeah um but yeah I, I still think that um based on like putting my expectations aside just, just trying to grade it in a vacuum I, I that's where I came down on it but yeah and but yeah, I doors see. wide
0: open for a third match, um, like you just mentioned, yeah. like that yeah. that don't count match, and then um, Kenny taking the easy way out um, right. to win here. Eventually, like someone's gonna be like, "Hey, man, like, but you ain't never beat this dude," and eventually, though, I think they'll get to what everyone's looking for.
1: Yeah, but now, Kenny- I will say yeah, okay. one one quick thing I will add is that did you guys ever play outdoor sports? Yes. Yeah. All right. Who so
2: di- uh, the way you asked me I'm thinking like who didn't
1: well I mean I'm just <laughs> thinking like you know if you're if you're like seven years old and it's 40 degrees outside uh, then yeah baseball yeah. game might be getting cancelled for my for my son but you know for me playing soccer years ago growing up like if it was I hated playing in the cold like I I hated playing when it was that cold I never played my best when it was that cold. And that was one thing that crossed my mind the whole night. It was when they started talking about how it's like 43 degrees. Like, I wouldn't want to be out there with my shirt off and, you know, but. yeah, it, trying to, trying to have, trying to have a classic wrestling match when it's 43 degrees outside. You know, I, I wondered if that came into play at all with just the, it just, there seemed like there was a something missing from, from their chemistry that having watched their, their lights out match, just not, a week and a half prior. I, I felt like that was there then. And it wasn't there last Wednesday.
2: Mm. Do you feel there was even a carry over, um, from a storytelling perspective from match from their first match to this one? Cause I don't feel like those, I don't feel like that's, that was there in, in the second match.
1: I don't, I, I really, I, there just seemed to be something disconnected that for, for, with the two of them, I'm not chemistry, temperature outside, the the just the whole focus being on the finish, which my point my my thought was in in working this all out in my head was if you're gonna if the whole point of this was to feed into that finish, why not right. just let it be a 15 minute normal match? Like why why set the <laughs> expectation of this is going to be? Oh wow, it might go over the they might I mean I gotta like make sure I switch over because I usually watch it a little bit on tape delay, so I don't have to mm-hmm. see as many commercials. Like oh I got to make sure to have it on the ready to turn over to uh, to TNT live if it goes beyond the the finish uh the the because the, they tease that like they're gonna go yeah. after it goes off the air so i mean you, you if you're gonna do what you did i just think there was point blank i mean not to nitpick them because for reference i don't ever nitpick aew like aew is the furthest thing in pro wrestling from the thing that i typically nitpick but when expectations are that high right um i just thought a little bit that uh, some of that was a little bit tone deaf it's like all right make that 15 minutes you know, let's avoid that 15 minute stretch where they're just kind of going through the motions fighting in the crowd for the sake of what I'm not exactly sure. Let's let's go straight into the, all right, just beat the crap out of each other. Let's get to that part. And, and then you can go into the finish and then it's like, okay, well I knew there were only 15 minutes left in this show. So my expectations wouldn't be the same as I look at the clock and it's 9:30 Eastern time. And in my, you know, I'm like rubbing my hands together. Like, Oh Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I you know what? I have I've come to the conclusion um it, it might have been this G1 with that B block that just broke me. Um where, um I've I think I've come to the conclusion where it's like yes, if there's going to be nonsense at the end of a match, it doesn't really matter how long it goes. You're always going to be like, well, you should have did something else to get to whatever you're gonna eat to. it's like either what like that finish always is always gonna suck and make you put a damper up Is basically like you cook a warm dish and i said this about J. White match before. Like, you cook a nice dish, and then he's like, oh, you like that, huh? And then you just grab a cup of water, and you just pour water right over the top of it. Like, regardless of whatever happens, like, just a ruin, uh, a garbage finish that feels cheap, it doesn't make anything feel better. Like, whether it was um, Miz beating Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam over, you know, with Maurice's help a couple years back, or it's, you know, Johnny Gargano coming out and, and stopping uh, chop from winning the, the belt um at at Portland all of these just feel just like damn bro like you you feel like you've been fucked that's where the fuck finish is like you told us you were going to give us something you gave us less than that after promising certain or, or alluding to giving us this like and we feel like we were jobbed right like and that's kind of how that goes when it comes to these kinds of finishes like I, I really is it's, it's very rare that you can find something that makes you feel like oh well that was a satisfying way to get out of and, and not giving me a finish at a main event like that's really just hard um, and you know honestly i kind of feel like I'm trying to cut them slack and I'm like well that is kind of the point because they, mean, they
0: never do, do this
2: <laughs> they never do this so like it's supposed to be more
0: effective here
2: in doing what getting you to tune in
0: yeah or like you know if you're like um like say you see this so much and you know you hand wave the shit eventually like all these IWGB title matches like if this is like the one time they do that or one of the few times that they do these
2: type of things I can live with it I'm not saying I'm not making a comment about the frequency of anybody doing it I'm just saying like there is no one that you do that makes you you're always going to feel like eh they could have did another way but ultimately it's just like it is basically trying to deal with the fact that you've been fucked either way. I'm not saying one, I'm not making a statement on whether or not like one company is grimier than the other. Cause they do it more or less. Like I, I would suggest nobody do it. But my point is there's no way you can really get around that. Like if you give me a fuck finish, I'm going to roll my eyes and be like, and then be like, God damn it. Every single time. It doesn't matter what company it is. Uh, like, so, um, I, th- I just kind of come to that conclusion. It was like, if you give me a fuck finish, there's really not much you can do. like, the best one I've seen this year may have been the um, the G one the A block final with a uh, and not a Bushi and and Osprey where they go nuts for like a like a eight ten minute sprint and then B Priestley comes out I'm like what the fuck is B Priestley doing here so that's kind of where I am on it like I've seen so many of them over the last like few months where it's like eh it's, it's just an eye roller for me regardless of whatever happens. Well, I'm excited about this shit. This shit is lit.
0: <laughs> like, like, I ain't about to let y'all bring me down. Well, <laughs> well I mean, I mean we're about,
2: we about to run it. I mean, <laughs> can, it's Kenny we... Omega, he's gonna have great matches eventually, but just I just this is the one I really wanted to not, <laughs> not have this, and it happened.
1: Now now the whole dynamic with, with impact. I- is this an appropriate time to focus in yeah, on let's, that?
2: Let's, that, move that part? let's move the impact.
1: Alright, because that to me now coming around, like I actually I, I said this on Twitter, and then I kind of felt bad about it afterwards. It's like, all right, biggest show of the year, most likely going to be the highest number of eyeballs you draw in 2020, which I think actually did prove to be pretty close to the case. I mean, nine is it, – it's got to be somewhere. There might have been one or two AEWs that drew more viewers. Number.
0: I think it was their it, biggest demo number for sure. Any
1: Okay. So you do that, and your end point coming down into, this, into the next phase is – all right, you're going to open up the the wrestling world and the partnership with Impact comes to the fore. On Twitter, my thought was, okay, that sounds great. And I know a lot of people have echoed that sentiment that, all right, that sounds great that they're going to open up the doors to other wrestling promotions, but it's Impact Wrestling. You know what I mean? And Impact Wrestling, at first glance, it's like, okay, that's where I was at with it. But then I came back to acknowledging that actually the day before that, I signed up for a month of Impact Plus. I'd been planning to do that for a while. So I actually watch Impact semi-regularly. I always keep up with it. I want to know how their major shows went so that when I do my yearly month of Impact Plus, I can catch up on the vast majority of their big shows from the the year that was. I like Impact. There's a lot of talented people in Impact. So I got a question for Rich because I know you're super excited about this. Um, how do you feel about this particular partnership at this particular time, given the fact that this whole show is really about this? This is a huge opportunity. This is an opportunity to say, this is what we're about. This is where we're going. You know, I think everybody kind of felt a little bit like a title change was imminent. Now, Kenny Omega is the champion and the lasting impact is we're partnering with impact.
0: Is that? Well, that's I exactly. don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's going yet. So like, um, Kenny's gonna be on the show this week until like, I don't feel comfortable saying like, hey, there's a full on partnership through the whole promotions yet. But let's say that it is, right? Um, say they get access to some of their women. I can I can take that because, you know, that's they also been it. Yeah, they can they can, you know, come in and do their thing. Um You got to look at like COVID-19. If there was a partnership that everyone wanted, it's obviously AEW New Japan or like Dragon Gate or DDT or something like that. But can't really do that right now, like too easily. So you start looking around America. WWE doesn't want to partner with you (laughs) for damn sure.
2: (laughs) They don't want to do anything cool like that. Uh, ROH. I think they would do it if you lose every match. Which Which, why would the fuck would you do that? Yeah, yeah, we see. Yeah, we see
0: what, what, what WWE's idea of partnering with promotions look like. Evolve, um, <laughs> um, but in Impact's case, like you look around, it's like, all right, there's a lot of history with the ROH guys in New Japan, but that that for me that doesn't really change anything. That's still like you know more of the the same. But Impact has a totally different look to it, as you mentioned, Chad. Like, there's a lot of people that work there that are good. Um, they have don callis who is like in a short time like kind of like like he's obviously uh gonna be on Finesse of the year um <laughs> or swinging this whatever, whatever um but uh the the thing with him and kenny is like i think the only thing that's guaranteed right now like that they're linked so i'm not sure about the whole thing but for for me impact and possibly AEW linking up together is kind of like the the move that captures the news cycle the most because it's like everyone's thinking like, hold on, Impact that old Impact, but this isn't the old Impact. This Not is like a completely new company. Essentially, they should rename the shit. Just, to- <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I think you know for the news they get to Big Brother, another company essentially, and it all leads back to AEW. Like they're gonna send you know Kenny to this show. I'm sure that's going to help Impact out. I'll be checking it out. And I I think it's something that we always want wrestling promotions to do. Uh, When I was a kid, I used to see the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, like see the magazines, the ones that would sell like WCW versus WWF, number one through number five versus one through five. You got Stone Cold versus Sting. You got Rock versus Hogan. Like you always think about these things. And while I don't see that, you know, uh, Impact doesn't have like that level of star power yet, but i think like this is kind of what happens like with bigger promotions like you reach your hand down to try to like certify somebody and then you hope something cool happens and i i i'm totally ready for it
2: um i'm interested to see what they like I, like diana like for me it's just like i i'm ambivalent to it i can take it or leave it i don't care one way or the other so um I think that the hard. I honestly think that a hardcore wrestling fan, like, knows the impact hasn't been that impact. The notorious impact slash TNA. Like, I think we all have a fondness for Slammiversary 2018. Like, that is a clear difference from that old impact. And where we used to joke about how like they were killing off Mickey James with her having to get ran over by the fucking train tracks and and other other nonsense like that. But they are shooting people on impact. I hear though. Yeah, yeah. Why do you have to bring that up? I was, I was trying to make. I was trying. I was trying to be positive, and you shot that and And you just shot it. Go ahead, go go. Continue. Thank you. Uh, You killed what I was going to go off with. Thank you. I forgot they were doing a fucking who done it.
0: Go ahead. I I I, I mean James, you know I I I seem to remember one time like you know if it's you you mentioned like why don't they just bring a gun to the ring like if it's no DQ or something
2: so they they they're doing what you want, James. But they brought a gun to the ring to shoot someone dead during a wedding. That's not the same thing. That's not the same. That's not the same thing as uh, someone bringing a gun for a uh, no DQ match. Those are those are slightly different things. Um, yeah, it just I'm I mean, gonna just see what they do because one, they do like you mentioned, we they do have a lots of talent, of talent, um, and they do have two, or at least on Tony Khan's side, a definitely good Booker and with Damore and Callas they have they do a lot of good things, um, so. You know, like, I'm interested to see, like, what comes of this, how extensive it actually is. Maybe this is really just, like, they just make Omega Goon or whatever else with just, you know, TNA guys. Not TNA, but Impact guys. Who knows? Um, I'm I'm willing to be open-minded to what they give us, because I honestly think whatever they give us is going to be pretty good. But just the thought of they already have lots of guys on their own roster that they're cutting their own checks to that they've built you know, uh, they they built some. They put roots into the ground with, and planet seeds with. Already, they kind of have to be taken off TV. That more, I'm. That's that's the only thing that I'm. I, I kind of don't feel great about. But outside of that, is like sure, why not? I'm just I'm more just ambivalent.
1: I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. I think mm-hmm. Impact has had a perception problem for yes. a long time. Oh yeah. And I mean, it goes back to even at a time when they were doing some really good stuff. Like if you go back and you and you watch the the catalog, the catalog of great matches from 2010 on, I mean, even in a year like 2015, when Kurt Angle's winding down and you're you start, starting to get guys like Drew Galloway, McIntyre into the fold, I mean, they're putting on some really good shows. Like I watched a show last night of theirs, it was the July 1st, 2015 show, I just wrote down after perusing some of the stuff that I wanted to keep my eye on I was like, I should just watch that whole show. It was the night that EC3 won the won their world title. It's like that they do a, they've done a really good job at times with a lot of guys. Like you look at someone yeah. like Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan is someone who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of a reputation around anyone who doesn't follow impact. But him against any of AEW's top stars, I think he would excel against them. I think he's a storyteller. I think he's a really engaging personality. What he's doing right now is not quite to the level of his peak in 2018 and 19. But, I mean, this is a company that's done a really good job of changing the perception of being a company that barely was getting by because they always had problems monetarily. And I think sometimes... The problems they had money-wise translated into the way people perceived their quality of a show to be, and that's not the same thing. I mean, WWE right. makes a ton of money. It shows suck. I won't go that far all the time this year because they have had a bit of a bounce back in my mind. But, you know, I mean, suffice to say, I don't think we know what it's going to look like right. with two American wrestling companies actually trying to in some way, partner up to create something. Like it's one thing we know what it looks like when a Ring of Honor gets together with a New Japan. We've seen that it completely <laughs> bow down before them, like yeah.
0: and ask them what they want. Like,
1: but how's this gonna work? I mean, I think that's. I mean, and, and I'll say this: like, it, it would be disappointing to me now, having said everything I did about that match, and now transitioning into more where I feel about where this is going. I would be disappointing if the whole point of this was just so that Kenny Omega could show up on Tuesday and there only be a very small limited interaction moving forward. I agree with everything James said about the roster that AEW has. If you start diving down that rabbit hole of, well, good Lord. I mean, they've got a lot of guys they are not using right now who I'd love to see on television more. I'd love to see Brian Cage in a higher spot as he's, I'd like to see Lance Archer featured more often. I'd like to see um, it's a deep roster. I mean, you can't just you can't just. So one thought I was curious about is, what if this is a vehicle to uh, to trying to create whatever Tony Khan sees for that next hour of television? They're going to try to create because he's talked about that a lot. Like maybe that helps beef up whatever they're going to do with that. Uh, but I mean, my, my, th- I would be disappointed if this didn't lead to some kind of super card in the not too distant future. Like I'd like to see that I'd like to see it lead to somewhere where, uh, where, you know, as they said, if they want to change the world, let's start integrating some of these guys so that eventually we get some of those quote unquote dream matches. I'd like to see one guy I'd love to see mix it up with some of the AEW guys is Moose. Uh, I love Moose. I'm a Moose Mark I think that guy is a very intriguing talent. So, I don't know. I just, I would be disappointed if it just was uh, all about, you know, maybe next week and the following week and then it fades into the background. Yeah. But you just um, don't know.
0: Yeah. It, it's, um, I think it's going to, it could be a place where you send some of that younger roster, like some of those people that were in that battle role, uh like you need to send Scorpio sky over there to get some work. You need to uh, send over John silver, uh, you know, private party stuff like that. Uh, hell like you see, like, like if Kenny Omega's going to the show right now, I think anybody's eligible to go to the show at this point. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I I think uh, regarding that next hour uh, of television um there's rumors about them splitting dark into like two or w- one of them's like more strict developmental version then there's like push people on the other side and I know um uh, and then and that in addition to the the next hour so like they they're very ambitious right now um and I think they they have the right to be because I feel like they have all the momentum they have the attention of the of the wrestling world right now um like Russell Kingdom coming and it's like, huh? okay, Russell Kingdom will come and go, but it's still going to be like, well, what's the the bill going into Revolution look like? You know, the Royal Rumble is on deck, but like th- this cycle is like a far departure from any of the other cycles that they've done. They switched the title and kept it hot in December. They're also going to have those big shows um, coming in January, uh, the New Year's show. They're going to have a beach break show. I would anticipate, whatever happens with impact is going to be unfolding
2: on some of those. Yeah. One can imagine. One can imagine. Um, yeah. I, I, because Tony's been such a good booker the in this whole run of AWs uh, or Dynamite's existence. Like I'm giving, I believe this is, they're going to do this. Well, um, I'm just, you know, even within the the politics of this brand versus this brand, somebody has to go over, someone has to lose whatever else and whatever they do. And depending on who goes where and who comes back or whatever. um, I I think I, I have enough. I think Tony Khan's built up enough benefit of the doubt to be like, all right, I'm willing to see what they're going to do with this. Um, And, you know, so like, that's why I'm just like, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, But I just, I just hope it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard. Like hopefully they bring some of the guys like that, that haven't, um, that are kind of in rotation that we, like I talked about earlier, like they get some of those runs and impact or whatever else. And they can mix it up or whatever else. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they do, but I guess we'll just, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know how soon this all comes about. I mean, I know Tuesday Kenny's doing the thing on impact, but we don't know if we're going to have real answers, you know, He's gonna for, be doing like twenty twenty maybe. Who knows? He's gonna be
0: doing an interview this week on Dynamite too. So hopefully we'll get um a, a little something because there's another big interview uh, happening on Dynamite too.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I blanking? So, what, what are we talking about? Are we doing Sting? Oh a yeah, stinger. that's right. That's right. I don't. I don't. Sting's in AEW. Um, apparently it's a multi-year deal. Yep. Um, do we hear any word on whether or not he's going this involves matches
0: i'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna do a match eventually like maybe he'll do like a six man match or uh he'll probably be some type of regular character he'll hit hit people with a bat from time to time
2: um yeah
0: like he's he'll, he'll do a match he'll with He'll do a mat or or he'll team with like Darby Allen and Cody or something like that, or you know, Sting gotta wear the tassels. You know how I feel about that. Every great wrestler has to wear the
2: tassels and team with the Bucks. So um, So I have a question. If like Macho Man had tagged with the Young Bucks, like would he have had to change anything? No. Yeah, that's what I figured too. Um but yeah, back, to, <laughs> <laughs> but back to Sting. Um I wasn't expecting it. It came out Me of blue. Like, when I saw all of the winter and all of, like, the snow coming, I was, like, and this thing came out, I was like, huh, wow. And, like, I had the biggest smile on my face for, for the whole time, and then I like, enjoyed the interactions he had with, um, with with Arn and Cody and and Darby. And then, like, I thought to myself, well, he's not going to fucking
1: wrestle he? <laughs> <laughs> Hard for the mind not to go right to that.
2: Yeah. It Ch- was... What were your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I mean, it was a great moment. I will give it that. Like, I mean, I I trust uh, not to get lost in all of my my somewhat downside thoughts on on winter is coming. But on the plus side, AEW has built a lot of goodwill with me. And I trust, until proven otherwise, that they're going to know what to do with Sting. I do have my reservations. But I thought at the time that he came up, uh, that he showed up, I mean, that was a great pop. I mean, it's hard to get a great pop when there's when it's an open air setting and like less than a thousand people there. But that was a freaking pop. That was probably the biggest pop we've heard. uh, Since, since the last dynamite, I would say it's about the pre pandemic dynamite. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I I thought it was a great moment, but I mean, my reservations are there. I, I think that it makes sense from everything I've heard previously from Cody's interviews. He wants A match with sting that's like his dream match i assume it's going to happen because that's just i don't know i mean i think if you look back and you think if you are sting what what do you want it's kind of the whole undertaker conundrum that was there for so long what do you want your last impression to be do you want it to be that you got hurt and you had to retire if you've got one match left in you you create one of those gimmicky type scenarios that's overbooked like crazy. Maybe you get three and a half to four stars out of it with all the shenanigans and everyone goes home happy and sting gets to retire officially in a way that gets, that is more befitting of a career like his, uh, do I necessarily want to see him back in the ring? Not really. I can think of a whole lot more. I'd rather see than a 61 year old dude back in the ring, no matter what his name is. So, uh, I don't know. I'll I, i, I it's, I'll trust AEW to figure it out. I, I'm excited to see what comes of the moment, but I can't say I'm super excited about the fact that he's going to be doing a long-term thing. He was never someone who I found to be particularly engaging as a talker, and that's what all the guys who have come in that are old-timers, like the Arn Andersons, Taz, Jake Roberts, that's what they've offered. They've offered microphone skills to guys who... May or may not have elite skills. They add a little bit of historical credibility to those acts. I don't know what they do with Sting. I guess we'll see.
0: I think Sting hangs around like as the legend of TNT, kind of like this is his home. Like he has no legacy in WWE. Um, We saw how they treated him. Like they brought him in just to beat him uh with triple h and and reenact some wcw stuff that you know for for vince's ego to to beat him but um i was wearing my nitro hat as sting came on the screen when tony giovanni said there are people that remember march 26 2001 like that just and i thought about you know all the people that just fucking just fell off the planet like myself like after you know there was no wcw or whatever lifelong wcw fan from the northeast i am so so like seeing him back on this network here in shivani it was for for me this is one of the best moments that i've you know in my fanhood like seeing seeing sting come out there and i'm not necessarily like like sting is james's guy like yeah. i was like i was like sting yeah. you know i liked him in 1997 and you know it, like, I like the surfer sting too, even though sting didn't surf. Um, that that is like, um, that it just feels right, not necessarily it being AEW, but him being back on TNT because, like, sting is the guy that's not in WWF. Yeah. Sorry, like,
2: yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it's like when we watch Goldberg uh show up, like, in, in the last year in WWF, it's like. Or WWE, and it's like it was cool that 2016, 17 run, like you know he did a bunch of cool stuff, but once he started doing these Saudi shows, you were like, oh yeah, he's not even really a he's not even really a WWE guy anyway. They're just doing this stuff just because they want to keep him from going to do Dynamite or whatever else, or AEW or whatever else. And so like, good, go ahead and get that money, uh, Goldberg. But it's like Sting uh, showing up in AEW, like it's so. It it gives you a good. It gives you a good warm wrestling feeling of nostalgia, and the same way you hear like the glass break and Austin comes out, Uh, it's it's just one of those, and like that's where that belongs. And um, but you know, like just like when they were in, um, they were in Mississippi by Memphis, and they did the the show for all the you know all of the uh, Memphis wrestling. It's like it's good to see the old timers and that sort of thing, and they you know they do a segment or an angle to get a heat off of the old timers, like. I don't necessarily know if I want someone getting heat on Sting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't. I don't like. I, um. And then it's like, cause it's like Sting. Obviously, he's a man, but it's almost like, in a way, it's like you're gonna get heat on the Undertaker. Like, isn't this a mother? Isn't this a person that can like teleport and all that kind of stuff? He's almost like he's not an actual mortal. So like, who's supposed he's to? Who's, who's supposed to heat? Like, who's supposed to? It, 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 you just think of all the stuff they've done with these characters that have been so large in their life. Is like, so what happens with like? It's one thing to be Ricky and Bobby. It's one, th- but it's nothing to be Sting or the Undertaker or. You know, some, you know, some jacked up dude like Goldberg is like, you get hit on them and it doesn't even feel right on someone like fighting their own battles. It's like, damn, Superman got, Superman got hit with a kryptonite and now Batman's supposed to, or some some other superheroes supposed to go save him. It don't really feel right. It, That's it, why that like, man has dude. a bat.
1: <laughs> what yes. I think is really intriguing about what AEW has decided to do is that the first 18 months of their existence, our conversations about AEW were rarely, wow, what are they going to do with this big, giant, unanswered question about where things are going? Like They've told great stories. They've yeah. had great matches. They've set you up for anticipation of said great stories and great matches. They've done a great job with just classic pro wrestling booking. But mm-hmm. now they're entering into an era in dynamite history. And Cody referenced this in a recent interview. He said, we're yeah, going to take I- some chances. You know, We're going to do some stuff. That is going to challenge the way we've been doing things. And this was the first instance, this episode was the first instance of it being like, oh, wow, you know, what are they going to do with Sting? Because it's not like he shows up and you're thinking, wow, what interesting story. Who could they attach to Sting that's going to lead to a huge match at the next pay-per-view? That's not where your mind goes mm-hmm. with a legend like Sting who may or may not have one more match left in him. Jake Roberts shows up after, after Revolution. You're like, hmm. Interesting. Who are they going to attach to him? I wonder if it's Archer. It's not what you're thinking with Sting. Same thing with Impact. They've set themselves up to say, all right, you guys are going to take on a different style of booking challenge. All of us on board got to answer those questions emphatically, and you got to answer them well. Let's see what they can do.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, they have tried this sort of stuff before. It's just, you know, like the Tyson thing didn't work out for whatever reason. Probably for the most likely for the best, right? Um, you know, Shaq is apparently, you know, it might have a match with Cody eventually. <laughs> I don't know what that was. But uh so like they have done the stuff where kinda like I don't I wonder where this is going. I just me is kinda like, um I don't know where this is going. I just feel like they have built enough faith with me, uh good good uh faith with me to where I can just I I I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to keep open mind on wherever this goes until they crash a car. So if they even do crash car, probably not because they there's aside from like the nightmare. Uh, was what was the brandy in in uh, Mel nightmare and, collective? For, yeah, like that's one of the. It's very rare. You kind of like almost like a one or maybe maybe two. Maybe you get this like two handfuls of stuff that's kind of like yeah this didn't work out for the best, but. Um, because that's how well the show is done, and that's how well these characters have like have interacted with each other over the, over this time frame. So, I'm I'm willing to give it more rope than I would the average wrestling program.
0: I don't think um, Sting gonna be showing up and hitting Kenny with the with the uh, scorpion death drop uh, on Wednesday, so um, <laughs> to lead to a title match. So, <laughs> like I said, there's gonna be a lot of bad faith people uh, that are out there. That were the 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 best thing I saw um, on Twitter was uh, they had a meme of Goldberg holding the universal title with Sting underneath, and it was like, you know, AEW fans say, like, you know, this sucks, and then Sting is like his mark, and I'm like, yo, you're literally showing a meme of this man holding the championship, like, right. this is not the same. Like,
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that was inevitably going to be a comparison that was drawn. When Sting showed up, you yeah. know, I saw that in yeah. my return to Twitter. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. We'll put it that don't you, way. Don't I mean, there you hate there's that we're
0: stuff, not. are not no, no, don't, don't. Uh, yeah, hate that absolutely. Like,
1: I do. I hate that 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 whole dynamic. I, I didn't miss that on Twitter. Uh, you know, oh man, AEW did the same thing WWE does. You guys are hypocrites
2: do, while not actually doing the same thing. Like, it's not the same but, thing. Yeah, Context like, cannot
1: be removed yeah, from the like, equation. It,
2: it is. It is people literally like not, not trying to get the point because they have uh, tied their identity to whatever wrestling promotion they watch, which I find it, like to be just preposterous. But people still do it, and I see it all the time. Um, like, I guess it's because I have no loyalty to any of this stuff. I just I just look at it like this is, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, okay, so you're you're completely like ignoring the context of it to. To, I try to dunk on somebody, but in the meantime, like, letting us know that you're a buffoon. So, I'm like, good luck with that. Like, so, <laughs> and I mean, like, it, this comes back from where it's like, you criticize AEW for something, and then you criticize, and then, like, look at it, look at WWE when there's some, certain things pop up, and it's like, I don't really, like, no, like, these aren't apples, I don't want to say apples, apples, but, like, these are not exact same things, like, there are levels of nuance between some of these things, and, like, I don't think that one old guy showing up, not beating anybody down, uh, not or not beating up anybody with with his bare hands, not being in a match and beating people or whatever else. <laughs> not not winning the championship is different. I don't think that's the same thing as Goldberg beating Kevin Owens. I just don't. I just don't. Like, look, if 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 he starts giving people scorpion death drops, I'll I'll come back on this show and I'll say this is fucking stupid. And, and, and do any of y'all think I wouldn't?
1: I'm confident that you would. Right. Yep. So
2: it's like, I just don't, I just don't believe this to be the thing yet. Now, if we come back and come double or nothing, uh, 2021, and Sting is like the AW title, I'm going to say to hell, with this. this is stupid. He's like, it'll be like 62.
1: Look, here, yeah. here's the end of it to me. This is the end of that argument. Here's a couple of, of typical quotes. If Sting had done the same thing in WWE, y'all would hate it. Another quote. If the finish to the main event of the show at AEW had taken place in WWE, y'all would have hated it. Yes, probably is the answer to both questions. But it didn't happen in WWE that night. It happened in AEW, which is a completely different ballgame. End of story.
2: I I think that's fair. And also what I will say is we just spent like the first what 15 minutes of the show saying how much we did not like the finish of, of the main event of Winter is Coming.
1: Well, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, (laughs) yeah. Y'all did,
2: yeah. That's why I don't really do much interaction on Twitter because, like, I don't want to. We were in the minority on that one. It's nonsense. It's like, yeah, I guess, but it's like, I because maybe because you know we just like we just enjoy our wrestling. We don't necessarily identify with the promotions. It's like, look, man, it's a TV show. I watch TV show either I liked it or I didn't. I don't think like them putting out a bad episode. Is an indictment on my my personality, my character, my psyche. <laughs> These other people do, and it's fucking baffling to me. It just is.
1: That, that, so, that little that little sound bite right there, James, was a a microcosm of the world at large, yeah. politically yeah. And, and otherwise. That was that was a great quote.
2: Yeah, but but at least when it's like the quote unquote identity politics. Like that's some like life or death shit. We're talking about fake fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so
0: uh, to, to get to the rest of the show, so NJF um, and Orange Cassidy, um, they won that battle royal um, to face off for the Dynamite uh, Diamond Ring next week. I got to this match late, so I didn't know Orange Cassidy was laying on the outside, and I thought we were about to get to this Warlow and MJF conversation. And let me tell you, I was excited. (laughs) 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 Um, Any thoughts on on the Battle royal?
1: I love Battle Royals. I'm a mark for Battle Royals. I think a standard Battle royal like this is the way AEW needs to go. They need to drop the whole casino, five people at a time concept. This is good, right? There. That's how you do that. EW needs to book every battle royal moving forward. Just, you know, everybody got a chance to shine. Hangman Page looked good. He furthered a story with the Dark Order that's coming. The Dark Order looked good. Orange Cassidy looked good. MJF and Wardlow looked good. I can't even remember who else was in it, but. It, mean Jungle Boy. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody that was in it got a chance to do something and make themselves stand out. Um, to me that's that's what battle royals are all about and i'm intrigued because mjf versus orange cassidy is something i have been ready and waiting to see since my friend after all out took place said that's where they should go next for both of those guys so i'm on board
2: Mm. yeah um i like the i i like the 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 awareness that um Wardlow was it Wardlow? Wardlow realized like, nah, we aren't the last two. The bill hasn't ring yet. Look around the ring. Oh, this this guy's on the floor. Let's go get him, beat him up, and throw him out. Like I like that because, you know, we've seen a million of we've seen a million battle royals where someone goes outside the ring and lay lays out or hides beneath the ring, and then the fans are aware that that person's out the ring. It wasn't eliminated properly. Um, so yeah, I, I I like this battle royal. You know, I'm not much of a fan of battle royals, but it, it was cool. Um so uh, else well, real quick for um so what Chad I meant to ask you this uh what is your um f- level of enthusiasm or thoughts on Wardlow as far as the potential
1: well I want to hear if he can talk like I need to hear this AEW unrestricted podcast that they did last week with him because I well, don't know that I've ever heard him speak okay um you know, if I, if I hear him talking, he sounds like Brock Lesnar talking, then then I don't know. But if he actually is uh, can, can fairly eloquently put together a few sentences, then the rest has been taken care of in terms of what I've seen in ring so far. I think the guy has looked awesome okay. in, in, in his opportunities thus far. And, I, you know, I think, you know, the big man being somewhat of a lost art right now and AEW having this big collection of them, that's one of the quiet stories I'm most intrigued by moving forward is which one of these big guys that just sort of sits there on the periphery ends up being the guy who breaks through and is the established main event guy like the one who a pay-per-view cycle doesn't go by without him in a top match I mean I don't know that we're anywhere close to that with Wardlow but that seems like his up and his upside potential to me
2: yeah um, I, I, I'm i huge on the band, on the bandwagon for, for Wardlow like I, I I've been planning all of these types of ways for him to get the break from MJF similar to Batista in, in Triple H. I, I oh, that's going to be amazing. Yes! Yes! Absolutely. That's going to be amazing. I, yes, yes. Yeah, I, be amazing. Really I love that story. It's it's going to be so great when he dumps this little fucker on his head. It's going to be so good. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be man. so good yeah uh i just i just want to know if i just want to know where you stood on that because i was like please I, Chad has to like this dude as much as we do <laughs>
1: hey, hey for future reference there's only like three people out of what the 70 people on the aew roster that i don't like so oh really you know, okay yeah i like i like i think their roster is great i like everybody it's like i sit there and watch dynamite and I'm like oh i'm not skipping that match i don't ever skip anything on dynamite
2: yeah I've, well I've, same with rare exception it. Yeah. Oh god.
0: So, so, so like from from one end to the spectrum with potential, uh we're going to flip it and we're going to talk about Chris Jericho and Frankie Kazarian real quick. Okay. Is Chris Jericho finished, Chad?
1: Well, I definitely got another vibe of that old 2016 era Jericho out there trying to be, you know, like he's 35 again, like, "Oh whoa 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 whoa, my friend." Let's back it up a little bit. You look back at it, though. I was. I thought about this after that match was over. You know what? Jericho's last awesome match was against Orange Cassidy. Yep, the first one. Yeah, The first one. But before that, his last awesome match was against Cody Rhodes. Because I didn't personally, I think I said this the last time I was on your show, I I didn't love the John Moxley match. I thought it was fine. Okay. I thought it was what it needed to be. Okay. But I wasn't like, oh, wow, Chris Jericho's got a lot left in the tank. That, that thought fleetingly crossed my mind. Is he washed? Can he get another year out of his body? I mean, because that's a lot. I mean, that's a pretty – that's an old an older guy to be asked to be there week in, week out for the whole time of Dynamite's existence and then moving forward. But I don't know, man. I, I the he, he That's not his – that's not – he can't wrestle matches like that and it'd be great. Like, that, that can't – that just can't be the, the style of – That he, I mean, I think we're entering into that period where he needs to be saved as more of a special attraction. He doesn't need to be Matt wrestling Frankie Kazarian on TV. I, 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 going into it, I was intrigued, but I just reinforced the idea that, eh, you know, this guy's nailing it as a character still. But in ring, I'm starting to wonder if, uh, if, if maybe there needs to be a, a little conversation with self again, like there was a couple of years ago going into the Omega match.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's weird that he, the new Japan run he had or stills ongoing, you know, depending on the COVID situation, like so much of it was him reinventing him, himself as like, I don't want to say a hardcore guy, but as a brawler, yeah. You know, and, and doing, you know, using various types of plunder at times or whatever else, but mostly it's brawling. And mostly his AEW matches where he's more back to, you know, like the 2000, let's say, 2013, 2012 Jericho. And as this is going along, like that, that last Orange Cassidy match was kind of the last time we really have had like him have a, a go out there and have a, a really good-ass match um, just wrestling. And, you know, I was giving him some some bail on, you know, the other Orange Cassidy match, like the, you know, the, the Mimosa match, because I'm like, that's just a Liquid Tables match, like, whatever. Like, if that stinks, then it's going to stink because that's the format of the match. It's not supposed to be good. Um... But we keep going, and it's like one match will be good, one match will be eh, and it's a lot of you're seeing so much more and you're used to ever seen from Jericho. You're kind of like, this is like, either this is we're, this is the beginning of the end, or something has to change to, to stave it off.
0: Yeah, um, he it looks like he's clearly being down, down cycled. Like I'm really interested to see what what's up with this uh, inner circle storyline that has been going on because quietly while the in the ring stuff hasn't. Hit the yeah, out of the ring stuff. Everything else, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's, um, still, he's still great yeah. as far as all, the stuff in huge aspect outside of the bells ringing. Like
0: he still is great. I still think there's there's a, a match for him to have as a baby face against Kenny Omega now uh, for the championship yeah. and to get that win back. But th- this inner circle uh, It'll possible a match.
2: It'd be the rubber match.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. The inner circle breaking, possibly breaking up, like which it may do next week, um, or also MJF, him assuming leadership of the inner circle and Jericho getting out, that could be part of it. Uh, I'm really excited to see where that goes. And I still think you, I think they have used Jericho as like as time, his level of overness, how much he has left, and um, everything else. Like it's all lined up from the beginning of the promotion like you they used the him having a career year last year mm-hmm. like that was <laughs> the promotion and then as yep. he's downslid a little bit they've downslid him uh, a little bit as well and then at the same time they're they're setting that transition um to take place and he has a 3 year deal so who says he like you know this could be like the retirement tour
1: yeah i think we're coming up on that a little fantasy booking scenario i concocted here recently is you get the MJF turn. Not yet. I don't think it's quite time yet. Slow burn that a little bit further, so that they break up leading into Revolution. Do MJF and Jericho at Revolution. Jericho officially back in more of a babyface mode, and then have him, you know, have him work his way up to where you're getting close to the end of last year. I don't know. Does his contract it'd be interesting no, and I think they could play into this perception, but if his contract ends in January 2022 because I mean I assume he signed it in January of 2019. 2019 at the November pay-per-view next year, you could do the Jericho versus Omega match and you could tease that it's for that it, that, it, the, that, that he would retire after that match. I mean, you could kind of go into it with that. That's what I would do. I would tease his retirement as a way of saying, all right, it's been a year since Omega, you know, just get people thinking. I mean, I think that would be great, but you know, I think he's definitely got two really big matches left in him on pay-per-view. Those big drawing type matches, one against MJF and one against uh, Omega. And to, to be honest, if he hits on those, I really don't care what else he does. Like, I mean, as long as, those stories maximize their potential and he does in ring what he needs to doesn't have to be in a four and a half star classic it doesn't it just needs to be what it needs to be that's all i need from chris jericho he's done so great so
2: yeah got Um, a brawl uh, though i'm yes yes (laughs) yes and
0: anytime they put kenny and and jericho together like they've set Business records and done awesome business, and you know, pop whether it was New Japan subscriptions, pay-per-view <laughs> subscriptions. Um, they've drawn lots of feedback elsewhere on the internet, like it's just always gone well,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you just know because they have that the, the drawback on, and like Jericho, and he's then very Cal being amb- the next now. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that will be a factor into it if they Whose yeah. side is he on? Yeah, oh god, <laughs> whose side is he on? <laughs> <laughs> like it would have to be like, well Wait a second. Didn't Paul Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar to go with Big Show who was multiple like a decade older? Yes. yes. <sighs> Never mind. I was going to say he could do like that, but like, no, that would be in reverse because like you need to go with Omega because is the, the younger guy and it has less mileage, has more potential to be greater for longer as opposed to whatever that nonsense he'd had with Brock Lesnar, Big Show, and Paul Haven. All right. Um,
1: <laughs> this hard. isn't one of those, we have to have Brock Lesnar be the babyface type scenarios, fortunately.
2: Right. You know.
0: So, um, Chad, I don't know if like um, the I don't like I don't know our end of the year plans yet uh, regarding all of our stuff. But um, mm-hmm. AW this year, like what have you what have you th- thought about uh, how they've moved throughout the pandemic and before the pandemic? Like who are some of you like your your standouts and what's your overall temperature for uh, the promotion?
1: Overall, it has been. As someone who has been as, uh, I mean, I've been as wrapped up in, in, in COVID as, as, as anyone alive, and it has been draining as can be. AEW has been, in a way, a salvation. It has been awesome how they've handled it. It has given me a lot of joy. I love where the promotion is overall. I love where it could potentially go. I've got so much faith in their ability to keep that ball rolling. Pre-pandemic, I thought that the run of television they'd done from the start of the new year through, evol- through revolution and a little bit beyond was absolutely fantastic. To me, AEW, regardless of the pandemic, regardless of the absence of crowds, has done a tremendous job in 2020. Of making me care about wrestling shows, they've done a great job of having these. I love Jeremy Donovan's phrase of "dynamite one and a halfs." Um, <laughs> you know, having these shows, these television shows that feel like mini pay per views, that feel like Clash of Champions from back in the day. It's awesome. I mean, th- that whole dynamic that AEW has been able to put together. There's been a lot of guys. I, I one of the things I always, always loved. Um, is roster positioning. Like if you've got guys who are coming up from the bottom that you can foresee and start to look at, oh wow, all right, two years from now, where could this guy be? And not feel like depressed about it, like I had become (laughs) with WWE. It's like, I don't know if the guy I'm watching right now actually has any sort of long-term outlook that I can buy into and get invested. But when you talk about guys like Hangman Page, who's had such an awesome year, uh, when you look at Orange Cassidy, who I, I would call the breakout star of the year in pro wrestling, I've seen others name other guys. But, I mean, Orange Cassidy, at the beginning of 2020, if you would have told me by the end of it that he's a, that he'd be a bankable commodity for AEW, I, I probably would have called you a liar. I think he's done great. AEW has done a great job of making me care about guys that are, are, are down the card a little ways. John Silver is a great example of that. Of that. I mean, I... Didn't care a thing about John Silver three months ago, and then one pay-per-view match, and like, look at that guy! That guy's that guy's great. Um, so you know, I mean, the, overall, I'd love to see them get the women's division going, but I'm not one of those people who's going to sit back and say, "Damn, every week,
0: you not have." I wish the women's division. Out.
1: You know, uh, yeah, it's like I mean, it's it's not really that big of a deal to me because they've got so much else going on that's great. It's like I would love I would love for them to figure that part out. I continue to feel like the thing they lack as a star, they just they need someone who they can build that division around. And right now, I, I, I said this last year when when I was on your show or you were on mine before I before I faded to to the background in the podcasting world. Like I think that they just have a team full of 14th pick in the draft type. Type women. I don't think they've got that um, that home run hitting number one draft pick yet. If they can find that and bring her in, then there there you go. But I mean, all the things that that, that in terms of the the television character work that I love to see because I love that. I love a good promo. I love a good ten minute talking segment. That's I grew up on WWE. That's where I, all of my focus went for so long. I love those talking segments. They're great. Give me more of that. But the great wrestling combined with that, the angles, the storylines they've done, the pay-per-views I've really, really enjoyed. The tag division is just amazing. So, I mean, I I have an overall incredibly glowing opinion of All Elite Wrestling. It's been one of the best things about about life in in 2020, quite frankly. It's been awesome.
0: Awesome, man. Um, Yeah, like, um, the rest of the show, like, eh, it's not really that important. I mean, they've got... They had a Britt Baker and Layla Hurst match. wasn't really good. <laughs> um, there it, was start, also... it started
2: a goofy uh, conversation in our uh, social suplex thread about like whether or not Layla <laughs> Hirsch is good because of one match with Britt Baker, who's rusty as hell. I was just like, I like, <laughs> just I don't, I don't get it. I, it, it felt like we were talking like why are we talking about this it's, 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 it is it is a it is a woman at his position as a jobber to the stars because she's a good worker Rusting is a rusty woman that just came back from a bad day like I, they had a bad match the end roll credits so
0: so next week, it looks like we've got uh, Dustin Rose versus uh, 10 of the Dark Order, uh, the gentleman with the muscles. Um, they've got FTR against the, the newly named Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pelman Jr. Um, Young Bucks versus Hybrid 2. Uh, we got Lance That's Archer great. and the Lucha Bros. Yes,
1: please. Uh,
0: yes, Lance Archer and the Lucha Bros versus Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade. Uh, Should be are you a fan it. of – do you like the Butcher and the Blade, Chad? Oh,
1: God. uh they're okay. I mean, I don't, Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: no. Rich has an irrational love for the Butcher.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, I, let's put it this way. Like that bunkhouse match a couple of weeks ago was just a blast. You know, I, I enjoy the some of the, like the match. Didn't, didn't they have like a similar type match, a hardcore Falls count Anywhere match with the Bucks? Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. think
2: yeah. they
1: have had, uh, they've had some moments throughout 2020 where I've been like, this is a very serviceable 11th tag team to have on on your roster then they're, you know, cause if they lose all the time, I don't care if they win all the time, I'm not going to be upset by it. I'm, I'm rather, I'm on the borderline of indifferent to them, but it's, if, let's put it this way, if they show up on, on dynamite with a tag match, I'm not just going to hit 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds to get to the next thing. So mm-hmm.
0: well, I yeah. like
1: the bunny. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that the blade is uh, has a couple of moments where I'm like, "Damn, okay, these guys, these guys are good. They're okay." Yeah,
0: yeah I, I'm a big fan of Big Butch. Uh, he's just he just looks like you know a, a old timey pro wrestler, but he's big and athletic and ugly and mean, uh, you know, all in one. So. Um, <laughs> Also next week, Abaddon's in action. Uh, they've got a Carl Sheeta and an Abaddon program. Yuck. They're Ugh. making Sheeta look like a scared champion that never gets anybody over ever as Rollins.
2: Yeah, she, she literally said in a promo that she is a cosplay that she is that Abaddon is cosplaying as a zombie. And then she heard some noises in the background and was spooked. And I was like, oh, my God. This po- I, this is your top I, champion. What are you doing?
1: AEW like, I- yeah. AEW has been very consciously aware of not being tone deaf about stuff that sucks. Nightmare Collective wasn't working. Plug pulled. Yeah. Abaddon, man. I, to me... Abaddon would be a perfect fit for the knockouts division and impact because they like to do weird shit. But uh, Rosemary Su and Soo Young. Yeah.
0: Send her with Soo Young to Undead Realm and, yeah. and never
2: let him come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see Look, that
1: in AEW.
2: Let's not do that to, to Su Young. So we met Su Young before. She was really nice. She's a good worker. Don't put don't don't put that. Don't dump that upon sue Young. What does Su Young do hey, to deserve hey. that?
0: Maybe, maybe maybe Sue Young can go ahead and just turn over the powers of her and we just leave Abaddon there and we yank Sue Young out of there. <laughs> a maybe. trade, if you will. That ain't no
1: trade.
2: That, that, that is a steal. That is like yeah. a super... That's
1: yeah, a Gasol yeah. Yeah. type.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. I, but, you know, um, I just felt like... I'm surprised they decided to go that route to do the Abaddon versus, uh, versus Sheeta thing, but
1: get it you done know. quick.
2: Yeah, there's going to be no one no one thinks for a second that like Abaddon's going to compete with Sheeta. Get her out of there and then like get set in motion for her versus Britt Baker.
0: Yeah, man. So um Sting and Kenny uh speaking for for the first time since they've both um, you know, did their things. So, yeah. besides that that's that would cover uh, AEW Dynamite chat. Did you have um how can how can we let folks know uh, where to find you? I know you uh, got the the podcast back rolling again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I missed podcasting. I I didn't miss talking about wrestling every week, but I did miss podcasting. So after doing a couple of shows with you guys and and doing the WrestleMania era two point podcast over the summer, I I got the itch to do a podcast that allows me to branch out talk about a lot of stuff that I like from from basketball to to wrestling to college football to movies and stuff like that. I'd like to kind of take uh, everything Bill Simmons does on his podcast network and just be kind of a, a one-man variety show week to week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with it. Check it out. It's the Doc Says Still. It's under the same name. It's going to be rebranded. I got a great new theme song that Rich made. Um, it's going to be airing at a date we'll say i'm gonna genuinely hope to do every sunday or thereabouts but you can find it on all the major platforms it's already available got the wrestlemania era 2.0 podcast of which rich was a guest over the summer that you can check out taking the greatest wrestlers of all time conversation in a couple of new directions since it's been about five years since i'd updated the last print edition of that book um I opened a new Twitter account. It's so new that I don't know what my name is. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's Chad McIntyre. that's my real last name, and it's got a couple of numbers behind it. So, uh, so this
0: man for for all these years, everybody, what you're hearing, this man has been working a gimmick on, on all of you guys. I have. This man has come out here under a pseudonym and, and lied to it and worked you all.) <laughs>
1: Ah, indeed it was. It was kind of uh, it was kind of like my Batman too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check out escape com. I'd say that that blog certainly helped set the stage for me eventually re-entering the podcast world, writing about football and wrestling and, and, and life and, and, and other media. It's been fun and it helped cultivate the eventual desire it's always been the way it is for me the writing always led into me wanting to talk about it so having that balance back in just a way that i don't have to make nearly the commitment to you know when you do a wrestling podcast you guys know this i mean you feel like if something incredible happens on sunday you got to talk about it on monday or no one's going to care by the time it comes out on friday so you know i mean that whole dynamic of being that engaged to that standard where i've got to live and die by what happens in the moment I think is a little bit beyond what I feel like I can do right now but um, but we'll see how it plays out check it out I think uh, if you like the sound of my voice I like to talk about all kinds of stuff so um, we'll see where it goes
2: definitely man thanks for coming on man
1: no oh, it's yeah. always a pleasure I enjoyed yeah.
2: it definitely and um, I guess the transition to this at the end of this we'll um, we'll come back and we'll give you guys the our thoughts on NXT uh, Takeover War Games 2020. And we're back, and we are here to talk about NXT War Games. Is it is it four? do we do do we do about the year or do we do about the number because it'd be War Games four but this is also twenty twenty whichever however you're numbering this thing that it's War Games takeover
0: I, yeah I, I think it's just just War Games like Regal says <laughs> you
2: know you know, war, you know at this point now when it's time for him to say War Games he's like you already know what it is because <laughs> he came out it's for, a uh, meme he, right. Right, like, he actually did a cameo as a joke. Like, where he's like, he's setting up like he's gonna do it, and then all of a sudden he says some funny thing, and that was the end of the cameo. But on sh- on the show... Uh, one of the recent weeks, he's like, "I see four... It was for the McAfee in uh, an undisputed match. He's like, "I see four men. I see four. I see four other men. You know, you know what time of year it is." And he goes, and then they like war games. You're like, he's already setting it up. Like you already know what time it is. You know, I get this check <laughs> every year, annually. War games, but um, yeah, man, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a very good show. Um, I still, uh, I don't know how. It's a very good show. Ultimately, it means nothing because it's just they—they they pulled a lot of this shit out of thin air. And like, you see what McAfee did in this match, and you're just like, he has no business being in the ring. <laughs> he just doesn't.
0: But we're gonna but, talk about uh, the 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 McAfee stuff because a lot mm-hmm. of like, uh, I think people are going way too far with this Pat McAfee stuff, and I almost feel like I gotta bring people back to reality, like. I was hit, seeing tweets like, "Have there ever been an athlete adapt to wrestling like Pat McAfee?" You I'm like, "Serious? How about?" I'm like, oh, yeah, "Understand wrestling." I'm like, "How about Ernie Ladd?" Let's start right. there. Like, <laughs> how about how about any other motherfuckers that was, was football players? Like, or, it was like the uh, level. And shout out to Reg. I'm not going to just rip him in and not say his name, but shout out to Reg. I, I was kind of disappointed like that that he sent that out. I'm like. Well, Mac. I feel like Mac is easily impressing people. It's almost like there's a Shane McMahon element to it. That's to exactly what. Not- I,
2: when he got sent through the table, when the table's in the middle of the ring, and he had to jump way the fuck back because it was way too close, that's the first thing I thought of there's this is some Shane McMahon shit. He's not doing nothing. Everybody's out here fucking killing themselves. He does one little hardcore bump, and everybody fucking loves him. That's exactly what I thought. That's the first yeah. thing in to mind. Like this, we some Shane this like, shit.
0: Yeah, at all. So, like, I just got done like, watching
2: the show like a few minutes ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I'm, I'm just letting everybody know, like, we we didn't plan this. Like, yeah, I, yeah like <laughs> um, so. Since
2: so, just for the people, because this is the second time we recorded yesterday on Sunday afternoon or Sunday at like three, we recorded the um, the AEW part with Chad. Right now it is Monday at 10:38 p.m. and we are recording. Um, the War Games segment. I just finished War Games. Didn't have time to watch it yesterday. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on. As as I told Rich and Chad off air yesterday. So um, I got to it today. And when I turned it on at like seven something, and I and I saw it said three hours and three minutes. I was like, I why, <laughs> why? But um, yeah, it was, still, it was still a very good show. Um, it's still not. It, The last TakeOver, TakeOver 31 was better. Portland was better. But we'll go through it. But, yeah, I I was unspoiled on all of it. So, luckily, I don't know how I avoided it. Well, I know how I didn't go on Twitter. But I just managed to avoid all the stuff. And also stayed away from the chats that had wrestling it. Yeah. um, I I
0: thought it was a good show overall. Um, The... I wanna say I I enjoyed the triple threat a lot more than I thought I would because I mm. thought they were running the Leon Ruff joke angle. They did a little bit and they like Carter and Mild and all that, but um yeah. and they did like they had, you know, the millions of ghost faced killers Seven jumping of out. Them. Seven <laughs> <of them.
2: laughs> So and I was like one batch know. of three, another batch of three, all of just people for said uh, priest could dive on. Then the last one's actually <laughs> awesome theory. <laughs> oh,
0: man, um and then, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go through it.
2: Yeah. Um all right, so first match, Women's War Games. Uh Shotzi Blackheart, uh Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley in, in Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Um the hills I'm sorry, the, the baby faces have the war games advantage, which is an historical No, don't fucking do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> that, that, that's the main issue with the match, James. <laughs> so so um just to go back to Wednesday's NXT, Dakota. I'm sorry, uh Raquel and Shotzi had a big man little a big gigantic heel versus a uh, underdog babyface match with ladders involved. Similar to last week's match between Dunn and O'Reilly, they had all the other participants on the perches, uh, the heel perch and and the babyface perch, and they were there until the match's conclusion. All of a sudden, we don't don't know who the fourth member of 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 Team Babyface Shotzi is, Uh, at the end of all of it, after everybody gets down from the perch and they all interfere a little bit, EO comes out, chokes out Raquel off the ladder, brings her down, hits a moonsault on everybody that's all down, every other member, and then uh, Shotzi goes up and grabs the briefcase. And that was supposed to be EO's inclusion into war games, even though Raquel, a week ago or two weeks ago, dragged her carcass out so we knew it was going to be her this work now there was a storyline uh beat to, to play on if they had gone back a few weeks when they had um eo and Shotzi tagged together and eo just shows up without them dragging out eo's carcass there's then some suspense or better suspense than oh i know this is just a receipt i know she's going to come out when is he going to come out anyway fa- so they had the baby face advantage they started out with Dakota and Ember, based off the match they had a few weeks ago. That was that was damn good. Uh, that ended up getting ruined when they interfered They'd have Dakota beat the returning e, uh, the returning Ember. Um, pretty good at the beginning. Then out comes who's the second person in or the first person? I can't remember from Babyface. first
0: person. Side. I think from the Babyface side. It, w- it wasn't
2: I... Rhea, so it was uh, it was what oh em- Ember then Shotzi. It was Shotzi. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I'm not even going through all of the rigmarole of what all happened, but basically the the, the order is at first it is Shotzi, then comes in um, not Raquel No, Raquel. Raquel comes Shotzi's in. also
0: loading in the weapons.
2: Yes, yes she has a new tank, of course a bigger tank that shoots a Nerf gun. That's cool, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, the the tank looks cool, but as far as the Nerf gun, that was that was lame as hell. Um, so Raquel gets in. Raquel is basically the biggest the biggest monster. She she they do they do a roar spot with two people where they beating on her. She goes to a knee. She roars up, up to her feet, and the, and the two big faces fly off of her. Uh, uh, then it comes. Uh, this match is
0: completely fucking backwards.
2: Yes, because because it,
0: it, it is it is completely backwards. The, like that's the, the big. Like, the work the, in this yeah. match was awesome. The, like yes. the the, in the, the, the yeah. physicality, the spots, everything like is fine. And then you're like, this match makes no fucking sense. right, like-
2: <laughs> right. right. Um, like, okay. So the match starts. D- Dakota gets the advantage. She fights. She shines like a baby face. Then, then the 201 baby face attack. Then Raquel comes in. Bro, the her, her Yeah. Then Rhea comes in. Rhea brings in the toolbox, a red toolbox. When I saw the red toolbox, the first thing I thought was, oh my god, is that the red toolbox from Triple H, Batista, WrestleMania 35? <laughs> so
0: The pliers.
2: Yes. So instead of pliers, of course it's still it's still you, we still know that that's triple h's uh red toolbox and we know that because there's not a pair of pliers but there is a baby sledge in the fucking toolbox <laughs> Rhea pulls out this, Rhea pulls out the toolbox, I pull the pulls out the baby sledgehammer, she starts whacking people with the damn thing, people are, people it like, if, as if it was like a kendo stick shot, people aren't just laid out, or, or just put, you know, just carcasses because they've been killed dead, uh, whatever, they, so they're doing back and forth spots where, uh, actually... By the time Rhea gets in, they cut to a shot of Raquel after Raquel has slaughtered these baby faces that were in there. And she says, I've been waiting for this. And I was like, Me too. <laughs> I want round two. This is the rematch of the, uh, when they had that great ass match a few weeks ago. Anyway, um, then in comes, uh, by that point, uh, that would be Tony Storm. Tony Storm brings in Kendo Sticks. They go to work on the baby faces. Uh, three on three with three kendo sticks then in comes eo raquel's like oh raquel and tony Stormbase like oh hell no we're not letting eo get into the ring so eo lets in some get some uh some plunder into the ring and then raquel closes the door on her multiple different times uses a belt to close it off um tony also helps so they close up they lock off uh, so Eel's trying to find a way in, so she decides, "Well, fuck it, I'll just climb. I can just go over the top, dumbasses." So as she goes to climb, they uh, Raquel powerbombs one of the geeks' baby faces into, uh, <coughs> I think I think I'm pretty sure it was uh, the structure. Shotzi into uh, the cage, which then says Eel flying back down. Um, then all of, a, I think I there's also another point. There's another point where Eel goes to climb back in. Then all of a sudden. Out comes Andy Hartwell, who has a bedazzled neck brace. She lays her out, grabs a chain, locks the cage. EO can't get in. EO, later, after they beat up the baby faces some more, EO climbs in with a trash can. I don't know how she climbed with the trash can, but it was off camera. She's on top of the thing while people are fighting underneath. She... She puts in what is going to be a gift a year from now When she is up on the main roster and it's going that's going to be a mean was going to come back where all of a sudden she puts a trash can on top of her head and then she jumps off. If she hadn't gotten caught, she would have been fucking concussed. She would She want to know when she would hit the ground. She, she by the grace of God, Raquel Gonzalez grabbed this woman and, or caught her. And if this had been happened to let's say, um, McAfee in the main event, she would have just been out cold. So...
0: Look, that just tells me they got a lot
2: more respect for EO than they do for McAfee. Well, McAfee's also, like, bigger than everybody else in that match. EO's, True. Yeah, Io's the... small. Io's sm- <laughs> actually the smallest in women's war games where you have... Uh, whereas you have McAfee, the fucking punter, is the biggest wrestler. Well, maybe he's the same size as, uh, as Oni Lorcan, but that's as it. Oni. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So... Then in comes Candace. I don't know what Candace did. I forgot when she got in, but basically everybody gets in. Then you actually have the match. There's just a million things. The thing, the thing that I remember the most is they get EO. Um, Dakota gets EO inside of the, the same, a, tra- a different trash can, I think, possibly, or maybe the same trash can. Has her in the middle of the ring. She does a double foot stomp while EO, you can see from the camera angle, has her hands, her arms. Over her uh her, her face and she double she double foot stomps uh eo where her like midsection would be and then like she's kind of trapped because the ladies closed around her so they you know she doesn't know how to pin her so they t- spend a while trying to pull her out to pin her it's a near fall uh what other stuff do you remember in this match there's so much crazy uh, shit yeah lots match.
0: of shit um the when Shotzi jumped off that ladder and jumped on uh, yes. Candace, like that apparently was a spot where Candace, was, like, they she had, like, broke her arm. So, uh, that's not good. Yeah. I, I immediately yelled because uh, well, I had heard about the injury and I was like, well, let me see if I can, like, spot it. And I saw that and knew it immediately. I was, I just yelled stupid at the television. I- like,
2: I did not know that she broke her arm or injured her arm until just now, until you just told me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I uh, I watched it. Like, first off, because you know you know how tall Candace is. She's like five foot nothing or five foot one. They set up that ladder and like, so they put a six foot ladder in here. Okay, I don't know why they put a six foot ladder here, but they put a six foot ladder in here. And... Shotsi goes up, jumps off, and hits her... Uh, her her cannonball thing right it, it, even though like okay so they throw eel or candace off candace falls down on the two ladders for some strange reason candace i, I she picks up one of the ladders underneath her and puts it on top of her i guess the logic is if you're gonna or by the time you jump off you think you're gonna get a pinfall you're actually hurting yourself or hurting you i'm willing to hurt myself as long as it hurts you so that you can't get the pinfall whatever i think it's dumb and then to find out that she, her arm, in some serious way, that's even double dumb. But that's what happened. Um,
0: the other part, uh, one other part, like uh, Ember Moon did the eclipse, I believe it was on yes. Dakota Kai, onto yes. the chair. Like, that yes. was, like, the super spot. That should have yes. been the finish. Like, <laughs>
2: it should have. I thought
0: it was but, the finish. Yeah, but they the heels, the valiant heels <laughs> with the disadvantage beat the babyface's asses clean and, and beat them at the end.
2: Why, yeah. like? <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez I think Io is setting up for another moonsault. I think it was, her, it was her second or third moonsault of the night. Raquel grabs her. There's been a a ladder that was uh, made into a bridge between both rings underneath the bottom rope that are propped up on two ladders uh raquel grabs eo while raquel is um in between both rings up standing um between um both corners like i think up on like the second rope and gives her her one-arm choke power bomb thing through that ladder bridge crashes it and pins her um and rich I've been saying since, like, the day Raquel got with with Dakota, what? Oh, we knew where this was headed. Raquel is the actual person they want to push. Do not be fooled by this Dakota Kai heel turn or these title matches that Dakota Kai gets. She is, (laughs) like, she is there with Raquel. Raquel is winning all these matches for her. It's an illusion. Do not fall for it. And sure enough, now they have their, now they have the person they want to be or be next, which, you know, she's vastly improved. She's probably one of the most improved wrestlers of the year, but we saw this. <laughs> we peaked this since February.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and looking at it, it makes sense because it sets up a title match. No yep. problem with with that Same at here. all. I'm just so... I, I just don't understand how Triple H is so bad at this. Like the psychology of this match is just like it's completely backwards. Like if I showed this to someone that like had no idea what was going on, they'd be like,
2: "Oh, so the good guys won." <laughs> <laughs> this out. So, think of it like this, right? La- Last woman's War Games. i Ra- Ke- oh, sorry, Rhea pinned Shayna, right? Yeah. After the babyface had a disadvantage it's almost as if Triple H like, decided to do the exact same thing except with uh, Raquel in the Rhea position. Except mm-hmm. is like, the Bizarro version that's supposed to be where the heels have the disadvantage. Like, this is perfect booking for Bizarro World. Right. For Outworld, you know.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Triple H will shout "Con asked ass,
2: like, man, booking for Outworld. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this makes me think a lot of... Um, the Hell in a Cell match between Sasha and Bailey, where it's like the action, the violence, the escalation of it is in the moves and all that. Great. The psychology lacking, so <laughs> I can I'm gonna call it a great match, but as much I don't know how much people like it or whatever else. But I'm not, you know, I, I y'all did this wrong. Y'all did this in an off way. Um, but yeah, so. Next match after that, if I if I remember correctly, it is the, the tough
0: white man yes, match. Yes,
2: the tough white man match. Now, um why
0: we had not, go ahead. I, I'm about to lose it. Why are we giving Tommaso Ciampa wins still in 2020? I thought like, the same thing. Why like for what? He's done in this town. He got destroyed by Cross. Like he's hanging around the Albatross because he threatened to retire instead of go to the main roster. Put some new people over. Timothy yep. Thatcher, ever since he got riddled out of NAC, this man is a high-class jobber. Like, he loses all the time. Like, y- every week I ha- have to hear about how awesome Thatcher's Thatch Can Wrestling is. That man gets to the pay-per-view, <laughs> and he gets his ass stretched. Like, <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, like this guy should have won. Like, this guy should be waiting in the wings for yep. somebody. But... Apparently not, because like Finn Balor's jaw still broke, broke, but I think he's coming
2: back soon. Who knows what he's doing? It, but, yeah, but he's he, coming he's back soon, but guess dude. like Yeah, he's coming back soon, but guess who else is coming back? Karrion Cross. Right. Which is like, okay, so you're gonna do Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor, whatever, I don't care. And then it's like, all yeah. right, so it, maybe I whole- shouldn't
0: be this this mad because like Thatcher like gets destroyed like every time in in ratings, but <laughs> I, I mean, just like if you see that guy, like, why can't you fucking do anything with
2: him? We're not gonna do this because if he gets destroyed in ratings, therefore he shouldn't be on TV. Then, like, at least he's fucking good as hell, right? The person that you need to get off to fucking TV on NXT right now is Loomis, but they won't take, they won't dare take Derek so Loomis off fucking TV because he apparently he's the actual babyface they want to push. Why? It fucking mystifies me. But Loomis, I'm sorry, but uh, he got the but, body, but. Uh, yeah, but, but Thatcher, Thatcher comes out there. He, he's in great shape. He's ugly. He's tough as hell. He can cut a promo. He has a character. He wrestles different from everybody else on the roster. Nah, I can't do nothing with that.
0: We, we gotta lay him down for Tommaso fucking Ciampa, like yeah. who's who's in, like, year six, and then they see, like... Year six?
2: Year four? Year I think, five? Right? My
0: year five, five year. That. Yeah, I think it's year five. Yeah. Year five. Yeah, it,
2: yeah, just, like, it made no sense. And also, another part that makes it also infuriating is... Why the fuck? This is like the... This is like the we're going to just run it back over and over and over again. Like... The next, the next three matches, right? Ciampa wins. Gargano wins. Undisputed Era wins. Yup.
0: You know Why? what this felt like, James? You you remember those random WrestleManias where we would be like, oh, wow, Randy Orton won, John Cena won, Triple H won, and The Undertaker won.
2: What the fuck are they doing? Like, th- that's what this was like. This was crazy. Like, it made no sense that, that Thatcher... Because I think this... This is either Thatcher's first or second takeover.
0: Nah, it's, it's at least the second. Guy. I know Balor, but, uh, who flattens up skin, Finn Balor. Yeah, that's
2: right, that's right. So this is like his second. This is like his first or second. So it's the second. So like, why is he losing? Like, it's cool that he's on Takeover, but like, if he's gonna be on Takeover. Like, why is he in here with somebody that he can beat to elevate himself? Because like, he's good enough to be at least in the North American title picture. Right, like mm-hmm. if you want to, like people want if you want to say, yeah, he's his net ratings loser or whatever else. Every time he comes out, cool. What the fuck is Leon Ruff done? <laughs> but but they made him the fucking North American champion out of nowhere, right? Well, like, it's just goofy. I, I,
0: I'll tell you why they did that when we get to the match.
2: <laughs> so well, yeah. So they didn't have to beat Damian Priest. I know that, but it's still fucking stupid. Um. So anyway they start wrestling, they're on the ground, they're trading through submissions, it's going great, and then all of a sudden, they, they have to do the melodramatic Champa's neck, like, as if Champa hasn't been fucking wrestling for a full year since, or not or, or, close to a full year since that whole neck thing, right? I don't but have a problem with that. I, I thought, I actually bought that. Like, I, because, I I rolled my eyes. I, I, I have no, I, I rolled my eyes, like, whatever. No it, 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 simpy. Yeah, no <laughs> simpy. whatever. It's like, whatever. Because it's like, we talk about this all the time, like, yeah, Champa is a babyface while cutting these patronizing promos, and like when he f- returned after losing the Cross and losing, 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 like he came back and attacked Jake Atlas, and then like he started cutting these promos and he attacked Velveteen Dream, and now he's here with with Thatcher. Like I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have that babyface sympathy of, of his neck. It's like he's been back, he lost, and not, and he's. A baby face again is kind of weird. It does, it's not a perfect fit. So anyway, um They start working around Thatcher's neck. Uh and then all of a sudden Chompa fires up and he he ends up catching um Thatcher against the ropes on a knee. And he hits him with one running knee and his fucking ear just blows up. Just this just bur- yes. burst. And I was like, yikes. Here's what a second one kicks out of that. They wrestle around a little bit. This mostly stayed in the ring. And then um, at the end of it, uh, he ends up in the ropes uh, from the apron. And um, Ciampa has some, I can't remember what the hold was, but like you're in a soft hold. Ref is counting to five. And all of a sudden, Chamba just snaps off and just hits him with this gross, his gross-looking uh, DDT through the ropes. It was awesome. And pinned him for three. And I was like, I "Can't cool finish. Can't? He shouldn't have won, though. No. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it also leaves you like, okay, so where is this going?
0: Yeah. Gargano next, versus Chamba, Chamba a North American title? <laughs> I'll be damned.
2: So... Um, we gonna match. get this right. We we
0: we deserve a chance to make it right.
2: It, but either way, it was a good ass, fun ass match. It had a moment where I just wasn't into it, but like the very begin, the beginning and the end were both excellent wrestling all all throughout of it. Um, next match, North American title match. <sighs> I'm sorry, no, it's a fucking strap match. It's <laughs> the strap match. <laughs> Dexter Lewis and Cameron Grimes Actually wasn't that bad. I, um, hated this. I, I thought passion.
0: that uh I I I didn't think it was that bad. I actually liked this more than the uh than the Champa and Thatcher match. I, um no, I thought the finish was was a nice like like setup how he hog tied him and, and popped his face off the steel. They just did like a brawl and um it wasn't like they did anything goofy. For, for me. Uh, it was just like, I, I actually thought it was alright, but I still don't want to watch Dexter Lewis it's a, it's still. A, like, I'm sorry. like I, it, it was like, yo, wow, this wasn't a disaster. Cool. Yeah. Let's move on. That, that's where I'm at. I, I, I think it. that's where
2: it is. Expectations on it. People thought it's just going to be like one of the worst matches of the year and it turned out to be an, av- an average match. I just... Nah, man. Like, just boring. It's sin. They're brawling outside. Uh, there's two straps. Uh, they're fake hitting each other with the strap by like putting extra slack into the ring, extra length into the rope and, or into the, into the strap and they're strapping the floor instead of strapping each other. And it's fucking obvious. We know what the sound of flesh when it hits the flesh that's opposed to hitting the mat. i whatever. Fuck off. Like it, <laughs> like, they, they the, the storytelling is well they did a fucking blindfold match so the second there's a second strap he straps with the second strap a couple times then he uses the bag that the second strap was in to blindfold Loomis continue on this stupid fucking feud I, I hate this with a passion Loomis won with a front face show get the fuck off my screen next match North American title <laughs> match uh, triple threat uh, champion Leon Ruff versus uh, Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest what do you think of this match Rich I thought this was
0: very good. Um, Same here. I'd probably go four and a quarter on this. Mm. And um, I I like all the offense Leon Ruff, Ruff had. I like he took a lot of big bumps like he does, and he did a lot of electrifying stuff that you know those that seen him and evolve know he was capable of. Um, I thought Priest was awesome in this, yeah. and Gargano was just like kind of the glue that held them. He was like directing traffic and yeah, and all that. Um, they did some like they, they got Leon Ruff like carried off and stretchered at one moment. <laughs> he and, got his, he got his Lesnar spot.
2: They treat him yeah. like was Lesnar.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: Not really. my back
0: playing. out. Yeah, runs back out. Um, and then like the the fucking ghost face pop up, and I'm like, it's fucking December, fuck off, um <laughs> but it's you know it's it's whatever um yeah i I thought the the action in here was really good. it was athletic, and it makes you wonder, all right, so they got priests out of this North American stuff, but maybe this will continue, maybe not, but it feels like priest is due for like an elevation,
2: yeah. Right, like he's like the only real like babyface that they've done any elevation with since, uh, de- since uh, Keith Lake. Like they um, so it really started with that match with Finn Balor. You know, it's a theme like Balor beats all these people, <laughs> all these dudes that should be next. <laughs> so, uh, it really so started-
0: yeah, that that was going back to 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 win. <laughs>
2: And it goes back to when he beat Riddle. Um, and when Riddle was replaced for Gargano at um, yeah. War Games 2019. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, like, you know, we didn't know. Now, like, actually, why not? Finn Battle should have fucking beat Riddle. <laughs> like, beat him and take him out the sport. Bring his in.
0: Matt Riddle stole from me, James? <laughs> right. Matt Riddle stole from me. He and, stole from and, what us. I mean, and what I mean, like, I was due to get. Like I can't even get upset about how right. much they fucked him up. And yeah. and I was looking forward to that. The yeah. people were looking forward to that. I was going to tear it down one by one. But yeah. now it's just like, oh, well, I mean, I can't really you know
2: yeah. whatever. Like, you know <laughs> Riddle riddle until he got moved up to the main roster was like the easy frontrunner for for WWE wrestler of the year and then he got brought to the main rest to the main roster he did he had like a couple good matches a couple really good matches but they didn't. They immediately like did nothing with him when they brought him up, and then the pandemic happened, and then people started tweeting around, and then we found out he's a he's a whole on rapist, and they were like, "Oh yeah, well never mind, like never mind, fuck him, like, yeah, fuck um, him." I ain't got none for you. Yeah, uh, like, like yeah, you're like you know, I don't care. I don't care how they push you. You shouldn't be on fucking TV. Um, yeah. but yeah, so stole from me, right? Stole from us. Stole from the world. Stole from yeah. her. Yeah. So. Then um this whole match is based around Damian Priest is a condescending babyface, but he believes he's doing the right thing. He believes just like us that like Leon Ruff is a fucking joke. He doesn't believe <laughs> yeah. he doesn't believe in this dude he just met. I uh, against his bad guess this asshole, Johnny. O'Gone. You know Johnny fucking kill him. And the whole match is based around Johnny trying to get a hold of Leon Ruff. Priest trying to stop it. And because he really wants to, he really wants to beat up Gargano after what they've been through. And Leon Ruff also wants his elixir in, but he's like an annoying That's like, bro, stop. It's, it's similar to the Harlem Nights scene with the, with, uh, like, he yes, Leon that Ruff has, has that little gun, has a, has a little gun, and Damien Priest bro, has I watched semi-auto. Harlem
0: Nights last week.
2: Wow. Yeah, he's like, stop with the little shit. You ain't doing nothing. And Leon Ruff, like, it is not is not suffering from disrespect from Danny yeah. Priest. I was just gonna say disrespect would not be tolerated. Yeah. So like, he, so he's like there's multiple times where he's, he keeps like trying to fight him and priest is like, bruh, stop armor hurts you. Stop armor hurts you. He's like, you know what? Enough. I'm about to power bond this nigga to hell. So well, he didn't say that, but but that's is like the whole feeling is hopefully not. Hey. That man is a that man is a New York Puerto Rican. I'm sure Damian said yeah. has dropped a few n words before. Um, not saying, not making no judgment on whether he should or should not, but I'm sure he has. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this this whole match is going good. There's a great kickouts, great spots. There there there's a bunch of cool stuff in it. Then there's <laughs> then the Ghostface show up and they did give you a precursor letting you know that like there were more ghost fakes. It's just the fact that there turned out to be a group of three. Priest gets rid of them. There's a set and pushes them all to the, to the floor. Then there's a second group of three. He pushes those guys to the floor. Priest dives on the second batch of of ghost fakes. Then he gets back in the ring and dives on to the floor on the first batch of of them. Gets it to the ring. Uh... He's tussle He's doing something back and forth with Johnny. He's getting up on the apron, and then a seventh fucking Ghostface comes out with a lead pipe, which is and, and bashes him across the back, giving Jargano uh, the opportunity to be in one on one against uh, Ruff, and he finishes Ruff off and pins him. He's a um, NXT North American Champion for the third time. There were cool spots where, um, like for example, uh, in the match where in the double rings. Uh, in the ring they weren't using, Johnny used the ropes and tied uh, Priest up into the ropes between both arms in a similar Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania uh, 10 ladder match uh, rope holding spot. And he slapped Ruff in the Gargano Escape while in facing towards Priest where Priest has to watch, you know, this dude that he's like been you know, playing emotions with the to try to mess with Johnny. Like, he's torturing him in front of this person he, like, likes, which is, which is cool. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a rating for it. I, it's somewhere up. It's, like, three and three quarters, maybe more. I don't know. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, Leon Ruff, like,
0: lose the North American title. Uh, wonder what's going to happen to him. Feels like he's going to, you know, suffer from the Craig Mack syndrome uh, here, um, you know. You won't be around next year, but you never know. So um Johnny will, will Johnny Gargano defend the championship once at least. Who cares this time?
2: <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That's that was the point of this story. Who cares? <laughs> like this whole thing was to steal a, a slap for Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest without beating either one of them. That's exactly what this was.
1: Am I Man. wrong? Man.
2: Am I wrong? It was like we uh, got to have we want them in another match. We don't want to move them on to something else because we have um the men's war games being undisputed versus McAfee goon. Well, we don't want to rematch. No,
0: and, uh, you, do you have any words for anybody that believed this Leon Ruff thing was real?
2: Did people do that? I don't know. I never heard anyone believing that. I I I'm just You're just assuming there's there's, there's always someone that believes anything. Yes. Um I mean, he's a really good wrestler. So it's like if they, you know, if they actually do do something with him, it depends on what it is like. But you know what it's going to be? It's going to be some mid card slot. Like he's never going to be in a title match. Like he probably never be on a takeover again. Yeah. Not to say they- he, not to say that his talent doesn't um doesn't you know doesn't mean he's not good enough to be on takeover. He he clearly showed that he's going to be on a takeover. But I don't think that's going to happen for him ever again.
0: Bro, they introduce Johnny Gargano at 199 pounds yes! and Leon Ruff at 157.
2: Yes! I'm like, all right, hold on. Like- <laughs> Wait, was it 157 or 150? I thought it was 150 flat. 157. Okay, that's even crazier.
0: I can see that for Leon Ruff, right? I but can't. 157, he can pull that. Hell no.
2: Johnny's not, I don't think Johnny Gargano's 157.
0: Hmm cuz Johnny's not the he's not in his peak condition right now. So, he, I could see him in the 170s maybe right
2: now. At, no, no, legit weight or build weight?
0: Legit weight.
2: Nah. I don't think I think Johnny's like Johnny's a welterweight. Johnny's in like that one Johnny's in that 147 to to even like the, let's say we'll even go up to like the super heavy weight of 155. He's in that range. Two like him being 190 is absurd. And when you see him next to Leon Ruff, you're like, nah, Leon Ruff's like a hundred. Like, he's the same size as like uh Darby. Like he's 120 pounds something him wet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting.
2: Yeah. Um
0: well, you 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 want some more cap, check it, like look up like I saw this on Twitter right? it was like nah, nah, rear <laughs> Ripley height.
2: What and is then,
0: this? and then Charlotte Flair height. Somebody's lying. What did it? You tell me what the what the heights build heights are for both so of them. So Charlotte is built at five foot ten, okay. right? Rhea Ripley is built at five foot seven. Rhea Ripley's not five seven, right? And then Raquel is built at six foot. Nah, that's not, <laughs> no. That,
2: nah. Some I don't. I've never heard of someone in wrestling being billed as short than they actually are. Like that's some Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett shit. Kevin Garnett, yeah. Yeah, like Rhea's like five nine or five ten. Gotta be. Yeah. Uh I mean whatever. it's, it's nonsense. That's nonsense. Uh um Yeah, so then I that is the main event, right?
0: Yeah, main event.
2: Yeah. Um Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh Roger Strong, Bobby Fish versus McAfee Goon, Team McAfee, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, a fucking murderer, um a, st- a destroyer of worlds, <laughs> one of the best wrestlers in the world, uh Oni Lorcan, and Danny Burch. Um
0: in amazing physical condition now, uh is yeah. Pete Dunn. This is
2: your first time seeing him? Yeah since uh, yeah
0: like in is, in the year.
2: Ain't it jarring? Yeah. You're looking like this. He's in the best shape of his life, but you're also like, is he sick? At the same time, <laughs> he's, he's, lost, he's lost. way too. He's lost way too much weight in the face, and all, everything is like. It looks like. It almost looks like his. Like he hasn't bought clothes to match the the, the, the fact that he's dropped the size. Yeah. And, like it, it's like everything is the same except he's like except like skinny. It's almost like if he's um like a comic book character that you're used to and then like yeah. it's a different um, version of the comic book di- comic book edition it's a different line so it's a different mm-hmm. like stylist and different artists and different and so it's like the design of the character is different but it's, all the stuff is still the same it's like yep. that's Pete Dunne but that's not the Pete Dunne I'm used to seeing it's almost right. like you know like oh Spider-Man like this, the big eye Tom McFarlane of Spider-Man is like nah bro that's not who's this what's this Spider-Man with the little eyes it's, this is different it's this like, is different
0: it's- it's like Doug on Nickelodeon and then Doug on, like, um, uh, ABC in the Saturday morning. Yes. Like, it was a little bit different.
2: Yes. Um, match starts out with O'Reilly and Dunn um, to play off of their ladder, their awesome ladder match from two weeks ago. And they're going in there, and they're just having kick, kick-ass wrestling, training in and out of submissions. Um, Dunn doing his thing, getting the, getting the arm, um, getting the hand. Uh, O'Reilly doing his thing, getting, trying to slap on hill hooks, trying to tear ACLs. And it's awesome. And now I think to myself, oh yeah, they're not chancing, like, they're working through these submissions, but, like, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's not, it, it, because it's a there's no fault that can be counted until all eight people are in. So, Pete Dunn can rip Colorado's arm out of socket and swing it around like a, like a helicopter, like Petey Pablo, and the match still fucking Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like this is why I always say to you, like, if there was one thing I would do to get r- r- for the revamp War Games is I would make it to where. Fall can count at any time. It makes no sense that you have to go through all this shit and there's and you and you know that like nothing can possibly happen until the eighth person or the tenth person or whatever even number gets in. You're just watching people just beat each other and you're just sitting around. Like it doesn't really matter. Um and, but anyway, they're having a great match. Uh then in comes uh Oni The Hill. <laughs> yes. They do the match right. Right. Correct. <laughs> like If you go minute per minute like the first however long women's war games went and then however long the men's war games went like so let's say that you said the I think you told me the women's war games was 40 or 35 minutes 35 and then the men's went 45 right if you go with the first 35 minutes of men's war games versus the entire women's war games match it's probably unfair cuz there's a conclusion but if you just swap it and you make it to where like the bit in both matches is done right where the hill has it advantage, the hill team has the advantage. Women's war game is real fucking close. Uh but anyway. Oh uh, uh, I thought the men's match was way better. I thought um, some I thought some of the kickoffs were just mass I, I, like, I, 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 I thought it was fire to women's season. Huh?
0: You know, I thought it was fire to women's season. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, switch this up, you know. <laughs> So but, I, I just thought that the shit was just like it's like okay, okay, okay. 'Cause like I'm thinking of the match like two submission specials, trading submissions, match can in. Okay. So in comes Oni. Oni and uh O'Reilly start going at it. Knees and chops. Uh they beat they wear the dog shit out of uh, O'Reilly. Uh in comes Bobby Fish. I was like, ah, I wish it was Roddy. But he comes in, he evens it up. Uh, then out comes, uh, Birch, uh, Birch brings in plunder. He brings in a bag that looked, when I saw, I was like, "Is somebody he bringing said, in a- uh, somebody said Danny Birch run like he got heels on. Oh man. I have to watch that back again, but, <laughs> um, he brings in an orange bag. That, and when I looked, I was like, is this, is this man, a billiards player? And this man has brought him Bro. his
0: own custom p- pool. When Q? I saw, when when he pulled out of them fucking bags, I was like, "What? Like
2: yeah. <laughs> I what, you like, didn't know what that was? You didn't know where-
0: at, at first, I was I was like, "Huh? Well, this man got a it's got a, a paddle? Bat. Like what the fuck?" Yeah, and then it was like, "Yeah, it's a cricket bat." I'm like, "Oh, like I was damn near threatening to uh, write Ricky and Clive. Like, hey man, uh y'all y'all either one of y'all ever played cricket? Like, how's this <laughs> like go like?" Like, what's the deal with this thing? Does this thing actually hurt? Oh yeah.
2: Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like any clips of cricket?
0: The only cricket I've ever seen in my life Don't is when it. we landed and we went <laughs> to New it. York, and then it. them brothers was <laughs> out there playing cricket, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't know we did this. You know, and not only we, uh, meaning us, um, but in America, you know, we yeah, did this. Yeah. So we landed yeah. in yeah. New York. Uh, yeah. we got to our, our crib in Queens and we were walking around. There's a big park and these brothers is out here playing cricket. Yeah. And I'm like, Huh.
2: Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Um so <laughs> But anyway, he pulled out the cricket bat and my first thought was like, That's awesome. Obviously, you know, uh there's so many British people in this match. Uh and then or really two of two people. Two. But, but anyway, more than, more than one is too many. Right, you know. Right. Wow. <laughs> Here you go. Um, I I, guess, I think I got mixed up because you remember Rich Holland's also a part of McAfee Goon in some capacity. He's on the payroll in Mercedes or whatever else. Anyway, um, so he pulls out the the uh, the paddle for from the cricket the cricket paddle, and also my first I was like, this is cool, but it's been much better for like twenty twenty five when Jeet. Is in war games, <laughs> so bro,
0: my dog G ain't took a bump all year. I bet
2: probably has has had opportunity, but he's yeah. ready. He's ready yeah. for opportunity. You know they talk about big about opportunities when they need to start. Yeah. they Need to start up NXG. So you're yeah. ready. Um, they go to town on uh, O'Reilly. Uh, they do a spot where they were done basically does like a uh Fujiwara armbar, arm bar except it's not with his body as the uh the the lever or the, the, the point to pull back the arm is actually the cricket paddle. Um then um we get Roddy Roddy goes goes wild Olympic slams there's high running high knees uh then out comes McAfee and McAfee spends his three minutes by going to the going to the floor all the gimmicks pulls pulls out some Cables. gimmicks pulls out one table undisputed era logo has o'reilly's name on it pulls out another table undisputed era has fish's name uh name on it pulls out another, a third table has uh undisputed era on it has o'reilly's uh, name on it then has the fourth one has cole's name on it and that was his three minutes uh then Cole gets in. You have to tell me what happened when Cole got in. I'm blanking right now. Cause. Um, Cole got in, and he they were blocking
0: him off, so he had to kind of grab a fire extinguisher yes. to get his way in. Yes, that's right. He Got fire in,
2: Made
0: a comeback. Um,
2: yes. Um, so that has to be at least like the tenth time that WWE has used a fire extinguisher. In some non traditional wrestling match, I just like, want to know, like, I like
0: every person was like alternating taking teams turns grabbing weapons. It's like, how did nobody like see like the other weapons that, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this too hard, but no, you're like.
2: not. No, you're not. They clearly <laughs> see a fire extinguisher there. What do you think is going to happen? A fire yeah. extinguisher is going to be used in hell on the, in, but well, I hell on the cell, But it's a cage match or some plunder match, like. It's been done a million times in any WWE match I've seen this year. Like, yeah. there was a street fight between Candice and Mia Yim, right? That had a that had one. The Hell in a Cell match with uh, Sasha and Bayley had a fire signature spot. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was another... I'm pretty sure the cage match that had um, Rhea and Mercedes Martinez may have had one. Like, I feel like I've seen... Like a bunch of fire extinguishers. Was there a fire signature in the um in the hell in one of the Hell in a Cell matches? Uh, besides the Sasha one, because I know for a well, fact that was used. Was it used twice.
0: They did three Hell in a Cell matches, right? Right. I think it was just a Sasha McIntyre,
2: Orton, Roman, and Jay Sasha Bailey.
0: Bro. I, I, that's how I. I don't even remember, bro.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going to go through this. I feel because I've said I made this point on um, Imps NXT show like talking about like they keep using fire extinguishers <laughs> in their matches. But anyway, um, so he clears them out. They get in there and they go through tables. They almost they're an inch away from them, or basically they they screwed up uh, on the Norka's face again, but. This time, like they almost fucking blinded him and ruined and t- got his eye ruined. Do you see the gash over his eye, over his top eyelid? Another inch, that would have got his eyeball. He'd been done. Um, mm. yeah. So he's real lucky. I don't know why they decided to do that spot. That was a dumb spot. Um, like it's interesting how they use chairs now. That like you're not supposed to just rein back and just whack somebody across the head with a chair, but like. Can but you can throw a chair at someone's face, that's fine. You can put someone's uh, head against the chair and then kick the chair. You can, and apparently you can also do a knee drop onto someone's face that has, that's completely blind as no one is coming right into their face too. Um, and I'm not talking about NXT, I'm talking about all the rest because like, I've seen John Moxie slash Gene Ambrose whip chairs into people's faces for like five years now. Six years. <laughs> uh, seven years, actually. Eight years, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah, they did a bunch of crazy shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of great near falls at the end. Some of them were like uh there was what spot was it? Oh yeah. Pete Dunn got brain bustered on the metal plate between yes. both rings, and he kicked out at two. That was garganio. That was garganoism. <laughs> that was garganoism. Am I wrong? When he did, I was like, not "What?" Done. Like, look, Johnny Gargano caught a uh, jumping Canadian destroyer, Adam Cole's Panama Sunrise, onto the floor, and then got dragged into the ring, and John, and Johnny kicked out. Pete Dunne got a brain onto the, onto metal. And immediately pinned and he kicked out with nobody making a save. He kicked out on his own. I'm that is Gargano shit. So Gargano had, has a kick that had that big of a difference.
0: Adam Cole hitting the Panama sunrise and um McAfee kicking out. Yes. Which I apparently upset some folks. Um then I think the the deal like they don't have Cole pinned McAfee like you want so it's like it's right bro it has to continue doesn't it like it's um, like like because i'm like man he didn't even get to do the fucking last shot to him it was like they they rolled him out the way and then like shuntered in o'reilly and um to, i to, don't know who to, it was and, and only
2: Larkin,
0: yeah yeah only lurking to do the fall and i was i was kind of like let down by that because i was like, yeah. i wanted to see mcafee lose but yeah i guess that's the point
2: yeah i mean <sighs> They set throughout this match. The beasts were um, McAfee and Cole, O'Reilly and Dunn, um, Birch, and Fish and Roddy and Oni. Um, and if you don't want to get that deep into it, then really it was like Roddy and Fish versus Oni and Lorkin. So like I get why they did O'Reilly getting the win because they. You know, after that after Kyle O'Reilly on Takeover loses to Finn Balor, they want to push him. You notice know a thing, Balor beats the guy that they beats the people they actually are trying to push along the way, like after it's fucking wild. But like they're trying to turn him into some mid-carter babyface as a solo act, away from um like being in that tag team with fish for, that he's been in for forever. Or mm-hmm. also with, or also with strong, and it's more like strong's term. 2019, 2020, 2021 is supposed to be, uh, O'Reilly's turn to be the, the solo the solo spot. So um, when is Bobby Fisher's turn? Not never. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Anybody trying to hear no ring no Ringo Starr solo album? Um. Anyway, so yeah, like. R- Good ass match. People gonna have various opinions about it, but like, I don't know how you can come away saying that match wasn't great. Um, I think I like the match that they had with um, Imperium at Worlds Collide in January better. Um, mm-hmm. But this is still another great match, and like, they're still a great faction. Um, Pete Dunne is a fucking wrestling god. Like we've <laughs> we've always we've always recognized him to be for the last like four years. Um, Oni Oni's great um like and you know you watch that match and you start counting the stuff that that McAfee done did and you're just like he ain't do shit like,
0: y'all gotta stop shit. this I gotta let y'all know y'all have to stop with this Pat McAfee cap he's a Please. great promo he's
2: a great right, promo like
0: like but leave it at that he's, don't he's put not, too much like, on it. like bro y'all like y'all going too far y'all doing way too much with it with this stuff it's it's like y'all trying to will something like that. Like it it reminds me like when Bo mind be talking about how, how they be talking about
2: Josh Allen, like the bills fans, (laughs) like it ain't quite. This is what I'll say. McAfee as a promo is so much better at anything that Josh Allen does. So I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but I get what you're saying.
0: I get what you're saying. Like y'all doing too much, man. Just, just let the man breathe like, or else like we're going to have to check y'all back into reality. And I don't want to like, like if people are liking this guy and and understand what he does, like I think he does, like you know, for what he's what they're asking him to do, he's doing a good job. I but yo,
2: yeah, sorry, Go it's
0: too much. It was like maybe the the um the slander when he first got started was was outsized, and I'll give you all that. Like maybe it was like something we just needed to to watch or whatever, right? But don't come out here and be talking about this man is the best athlete to ever like transition
2: into wrestling. No. This is this, this is not what we going to do. No, nah, there's still been there's still been too many people that have done this. Nah, you got to stop this. Yeah. Like and I am that's not even be like disrespectful to the fact to say oh he's a punter blah blah blah. Like I know Brian Mormon and what he did. Like McAfee's not the first athletic punter in NFL that ever come out through the NFL. Like let's not the pretend, but no. He is not <laughs> he is not the best athlete pro or former athlete to come into uh pro wrestling. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Y'all gotta y'all gotta chill on that. Yeah. And like you look at the stuff he does, the stuff that they're asking him to do, like they're treating him like like, okay, so who was it um a few weeks ago that you asked me if uh if they are a make a wish wrestler? Who was
0: um, uh, it? it's a woman's wrestler, Lana.
2: Yeah they're treating him. They're treating him like he's a make-a-wish wrestler, except he's an incredible promo. So like, <laughs> he him the mic and he can do his thing for like five, five, ten, or five to eight minutes. Like, but outside of that, like, nah. They have him doing a spoken and mirrors. He he does his dives. He does his falls. He can't wrestle for shit yet, and he and look. Nor should he be able to. Right, but don't the come out here bit, with this ridiculous like, yeah. shit. Like he's yeah. he's doing fine. For, he's doing gangbusters. For what he's being asked, but like you want to compare him to Ronda Rousey? Are You fucking out of your mind.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um...
2: talk, like look, you you can have your opinion about Ronda Rousey or whatever else. She had bangers and she was actually really working. This is smoking mirrors. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. I, yeah. I think that's that's a good place to leave. Overall, it was a good show. I wouldn't yeah. say great, but um, you Same know, here. they, Very good they show. It, like it's better for like, you know, when you think about the tone and the conversation around a promotion, it's better than any like, it, it's better than any right it, it's better than it has any right to <laughs> be based on like the temperature.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of been the case for the last two takeovers. Like, you look at the end of the show. You're like, yeah, that's great. Now, now, like, what's your long term directions? Oh, um, like New Year's of... Evil. Yeah, let's get... let's let's start at New Year's Evil. It's New Year's Evil, which is a play on New Year's Eve, and it's happening after in the new year. So why is it evil or Eve? You play yourself, like if you're going to have a New Year's Evil, because I saw that the, the, the date was January 6th, six, six. wouldn't that mean that you could have had New Year's Evil on, on January on December 31st. 31st, would actually have been New Year's Evil would have made fucking sense? Keep in mind, I didn't find out about this until like a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago. Or how actually, been oh, for like an hour. Well, so we're like, we're like an hour and 20 minutes ago.
0: Because, you know, AEW does their their, sh- their first show of the year, which is like uh, the homecoming show or whatever. Right. Uh, I forgot. So, like, maybe the AEW show is going to be December 31st. Who knows? I, they haven't announced so anything So, basically, yet. what you're
2: saying is, like, this year NXT and, and AEW are f- flopping what they did last year, where NXT had the year-end show, and AEW had the beginning of the year show? Possibly. Okay. Either way, don't call a show New Year's Evil if you're going to do it after the new year has been brought in. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> That, that, so, that makes no sense. So I think
0: we're going to see a bunch of these. So especially um, with uh, they've got Beach Break coming. They've got a New Year's show. So that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all of these play out. And, you know, we got all that. It, it was announced that Shaq's going to be on Dynamite this week oh, with, with Tony Schiavone. So, oh, my uh, God. They're still going to do this shit, huh? Yeah, I don't I don't know where it's going. I just <sighs> I don't know, man. It's, I, I ain't trying to see Shaq. Sorry, like,
2: like the only good thing that can come out of this is the NBA season starter on December 22nd, right? Yeah, you get the NBA on TNT inside the NBA team. You could sell getting you know Cody and some of the other wrestlers on the show to promote it because the NBA has such a young uh, demographic of fans, you can do an angle. You could try to you could try to put that on TV. You know, because you had Jericho on there before, like, last season. They could put Cody and whoever else on to try to sell this thing or talk or have him on there and say, hey, you also do this wrestling show, you know, on Wednesday. So I could see the the synergy behind it. And then, like, it gets to, all right, that means you got to have Shaq come to Jacksonville, the Daily's Place, and then, like, you have to do wrestling. on. Like, that part, I think, sucks. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know they were trying to do it with Tyson. Tyson. Put Shaq the- with the Bucks. Put Shaq with
0: the Bucks in it, and you won't lose. Like you put him with Cody, and we like we don't know what we are gonna get.
2: Speaking speaking of that, because uh, he always talk about uh the young bucks and getting wrestlers in the tassels, and uh the the young bucks been wearing like Lakers colors lately. Did you notice what E.O. Shirai was wearing this uh on, on, last night? I did. I did. She was out her. there. She was out there looking like a Lakers <laughs> family. She's out there looking yeah. like a Laker.
0: Yeah, I, I embrace wrestlers. More wrestlers wearing purple the better. You know?
2: Oh man. Um Yeah, so I think that's I think it's a good place to wrap it up. Um there is a stardom update, but like we can save it till next week. Um but yeah. Great uh, You know, Kenny Omega is the champion,
0: the haters are sick, and of course, the hoes. <laughs>
2: We need to get our shit taken down off YouTube.
1: Yeah,
2: so um, yeah, you know. So what's what's on tap uh, for Dynamite this week? You mentioned Shaq. What else? Yep. Uh, so we actually talked about it earlier
0: in the show, I but uh, that was yesterday. <laughs> I forgot because that was yesterday. <laughs> so uh, the Bucks and um, Hybrid Two will be running it. Okay. Um, I believe there is the Inner Circle Ultimatum. Uh, you got Sting. You got Kenny doing a promo. You've got—I uh, don't remember the other matches.
2: Um, I have to look those up. Okay, that's—that sounds good enough. Like you want? Do you want to know what my uh, NXT preview is for, for Wednesday? Not a <laughs> damn thing. So <laughs> you know. Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Or
0: uh no oh pat patterson died oh uh we didn't we we didn't we didn't mention pat patterson um (sighs) controversial uh of course there's a lot of stuff about pat patterson uh that i don't know as much about because they do a great job cleaning that stuff up if it's out there you can find it um but as far as like his you know in the wrestling business that you know uh in his day he was uh, pretty much like the Shawn Michaels of his time um, people say and just one of the uh, like all the ideas of match psychology uh, great ideas Vince is right hand man for years and years and years he's an architect of the business um, you know and lived his life as an openly gay man most people knew he was gay within the industry for years and years um, Legends House is a like I watched Legend House when it came out and then you think right. about the all the folks that aren't here anymore and it's like fuck and it's just more of this shit
2: on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah. Yeah, NXT this week did a... r I don't know about um Raw or I think I think he actually passed like after Raw, but I don't know about SmackDown, but NXT did a tribute to him and it's just all these great pictures of him and The Rock and Undertaker and Big Show and Sean and Brad and Vince and um Stephanie and um you know him and Dusty him and Flair him and like Slaughter him and um it, it was it was um pictures of him like you know from San Francisco him with um different titles um yeah it's just a uh, you know sad day for pro wrestling but like let's let's also remember all of his legacy, and not do airbrushing because, like, you know, um, especially after this year and what we, you know we dealt with in uh, in the spring of this year, like, let's not sweep that under the rug.
0: Yeah, so um, say, like, I, 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 it, it's out there if you want to go find it. So, um, but I ain't got no, nothing else. Make sure y'all check out them uh, matches where we doing commentary, you know,
2: or where I'm doing commentary. Abaddon versus the Fiend taking off. <laughs> Okay, um, that's in this show. Be sure to rate us whatever app you're using to listen to this. Be sure to tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, also, check out slash social suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Also, check out the other shows on the network um, on <laughs> it seems like Mondays half the time now. Uh, <laughs> Sundays and Mondays, 1H radio on um, Tuesdays for now, uh, Keeping a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show. On every other Wednesday, Groman Watch Your Shit. On Thursdays, the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, 8-Bit Suplex. On Saturdays, All Things Elite. And on Sundays, Great Match Generator. Uh, so thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.